Blah, it's still Halloween! <laughs> On the old 77. Yeah, baby. Safe it's, place. Uh, unsafe world. Episode 181. And we are talking more spooky stuff. We got JT coming up again. 181.2. Oh, that's right. 181.2. Don't forget the point two, dude. It's very important. I'm sorry, man. Look on your screens, folks. <laughs> Look on your screens. If you don't have a screen, you, you're missing out. You're missing out. Because you, you should see my uh, face. You should hit. <laughs> oh. You definitely don't want to see my face. I'm <laughs> telling you that. I have a face for radio. That's that's 100% for sure. Uh, but any hoodles. Well, last week we were talking about the Wendango and the Kardashians and the kids at Halloween. Oh, wait. No, that's just scary to me. I'm sorry. Uh, but Was, Wasn't uh, Halloween great, though? Didn't you enjoy Halloween? You know, I will say that this is the first year uh, in a long time that I've really enjoyed Halloween more. Yeah, I got to go to a haunted house this year. Yeah, Dude, with was, with uh, did me, you, me and you Katie, Katie went, right? Yeah, me yeah. and Katie went. Uh, I have been wanting. So my jam growing up, I'd go with all my friends every Halloween. You know, every October we go to like the the super uber spooky houses. Yeah, you know, like yeah. in St. Louis or. God knows where we would find these things, you know, and we would go hit these things and go through them. I remember one of my first ones was uh, Silo X in Fenton. Do you remember? It may not have gotten here, but Silo X had uh, like circus performers in it, dude. Yeah. They had uh, the cool. It was the fucking coolest thing. So you went in this giant tent uh, and it was supposed to be like a radioactive uh containment disaster something blew up i don't know whatever you went in this giant tent and it was nothing but gas and it was like really foggy and green and i remember holding my buddy's uh, shirt and i couldn't see past my like mid hand because it was so foggy in there yeah but i knew my buddy was right here because yeah. i had a hold of him yeah we walked and there was these two big pillars right and we're walking and we look up and those pillars that we walked by weren't pillars. They were a dude on all fours, hunched over, and it was like this giant puppet thing. Weird. But it was a guy that was on stilts, walking on all fours on stilts. Whoa. And he was coming after us, and we had just walked right underneath him. And he was like, and like it was Whoa. coming after us. They had these, uh, these other – they had like two or three of those things in there walking yeah. around. They had guys walking around clearly on the uh, the drywall stilts. Now, you're talking about when you were a kid, right? Yeah, I was yeah. like 19. What was the one like with Katie? They had one of those guys there. Dope. They had a dude walking on drywall stilts. Yeah? It was fucking awesome. You had a good time? We went over to Columbia. I can't remember the name of the place, but it was like yeah. four of them in one. How did Katie do? She loved it. I was really worried because... Was I, that her I've first haunted house? I've been wanting to do this forever, and the yeah. wife doesn't like it. Jonah yeah. doesn't like it. Nobody yeah. likes it. Katie fell in love with it. Oh, So good. now she's like, Dad, we're doing this every year. She wants to do it again next weekend. You should. Are there other ones you can go to? I think we can get one. Uh, there's one, I think, that's still going on after Halloween. Yeah, where's that one at? And I think it's in St. Louis. I don't think... I don't know of any of the local ones, though. Yeah. I don't think they're they're going on the weekend afterwards. The one in St. Louis, though, they shamelessly go another two weekends. I don't think I've ever done a haunted house, or I don't know, maybe once, yeah. twice when I was a kid. It was never my thing. God, I loved it. And, it's not, and it wasn't like... I like... You know, you could probably talk me into doing it. It was one. so much fun. It's I, not like I don't I, I wouldn't hate that as much as I would hate like having to go on a fucking roller coaster. Well, I'll tell you, man, my daughter learned a whole other side of me because I told her I was like, baby, you need to grab a hold of me and keep up. 
Okay. Yeah. So if did you don't keep do up, job? and the first fucking thing she did, man, was we went in this haunted house and we had like this like sloth thing. He was like, you know, and he was like scaring us, and she yelled, "Dad!" And so they were like, "Dad!" You know. Yeah. And so then that got her. Well, then she said my name, and then they went out. I was like, "So." Katie and they were Katie oh Oh, my god uh, and I'm like okay well here's the end of it you know we're gonna have to go yeah she straight up was like she looks at this one sloth dude and goes I gotta pee and he goes you better not be in here you're gonna have to clean it up and he was like you know going crazy on her and and like by the end of it this one gal ran her straight to the outhouse (laughs) and so yeah it was an outhouse in between them so you got these little breaks there was like four haunted houses in one right yeah uh how long did it take to go through it took us like a good two hours oh wow it was dope dude yeah man that's pretty dope how much can i ask how much did it cost cost us 120 dollars to go through it but it sounds like it was because I got fast passes, and we went on uh, Feb- we went on uh, October uh, we went on Friday the thirteenth, uh, and the yeah. place was absolutely fucking packed. I'm sure they it had was. sold out. We got there yeah. at the open, and they had already sold out. Yeah, and the place was like so. You you bought a ticket and stood in line, and they. They they only stop serving tickets after a certain time, and if you didn't get in the haunted house, they tried. But if you didn't get in by a certain time, they would like refund your money or sorry, you're you're just out. Of, you know, come yeah, back tomorrow. Yeah, bring your ticket stub. Come tomorrow. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, when we left, they were still completely packed. And we got through like it was nothing. Yeah. And was this a deal where you could go during the day or was no, it a night? Is this no, a nighttime it was thing? nighttime only. Yeah. It was dope, man. They yeah. had uh, – so it was set on a hill kind of far back, right? And you went in. They had a whole haunted house set up that you walked in. Is this a place that like opens every year? Is it yeah. there every year? Yeah, it's there yeah. every year. Okay, cool. uh, it was their 29th, I think, anniversary they were saying. Oh, wow. So in they, in they, Como. They, they've, they've, they've got it figured out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they Dude, know they had doing. They had a projector set back on a hill that was shooting and laser beams up into the trees and it was a little windy and so it was shooting probably seven or eight different like beams and directions it was a good width a good probably i don't know football field width of laser beams coming out of nowhere dude it was awesome every once in a while a jet like engine would fire off this big fireball you know and that was a part of the haunted house like there was a, a plane crashed and, like, you'd come in and, like, this, this fucking helicopter or plane or whatever would be there and aliens would be running around, bodies be hanging, and a fireball would shoot out. I'll go with you to a haunted house, dude. I never got anybody to go to one. And, and Andrea, I took her to one, bless her. She, uh, she's, that's not her jam. Let's just say that. Halloween's not her thing. Yeah. God, yeah. I, I loved Halloween back Did you then. guys, I, I, do. I, I, don't lose your thought. Okay. Um, I, I had a, I'm did, out. Did I'm you? Good. <laughs> did, good. did you guys have a uh or did you guys used to do halloween decorations on the outside of your house ever uh we we have yeah we used to we did this year for the first year ever nothing, i mean nothing big i mean but... you know like we've carved pumpkins and put them out but like we've never really you know like this year we got like you know we got lights yeah and we got i mean I, I guess we've had a little stuff in the years before but the kids wanted us to go a little bit more all out. I don't think we've ever done that. The like, sad like thing about decorate. our house is that nobody sees it because we live right. in the middle of nowhere. So, like, that's why I refuse to do, like, a well, that's for get, you, bro. get on my roof and, and fucking staple a bunch of Christmas lights up there. Fuck that shit. Nobody's going to see them. See, man. what I don't understand is why don't you just do that and leave them? Well, you know, that's the way I would do it if I were going to do it. You know. 
but I'm not going to do it. I've got a really uh, – I had I had brainwave the other day. Uh, I was thinking about this, uh, <clears throat> yeah. putting up uh, lights, and I was thinking about doing some kind of track system. Like, uh, you know how you can get those those brackets <clears throat> where you can snap things into them and they'll hold? Uh-huh. Like, you can take a pipe, right, and it'll be a bracket. You put Say you put three brackets up and say you have a six-foot section. Yeah. You do them in six-foot sections. Uh-huh. You put three brackets up that clips a pipe in, and then you attach your Christmas lights to either end of that pipe. Uh-huh. And then you snap them in. Yeah. That's okay. what I'm thinking. All right. Well, you're way more handy of a man than I am, so <laughs> I'm going to go with you and say that's and a great I, idea. And I'm hoping that that'll be something that you can just snap in and snap out. Maybe that's your TM, million? motherfuckers, don't you steal my million-dollar idea. I was going to say, bro, maybe that's your, your million-dollar idea. No, it's not. Right the TM, motherfuckers. Yeah. You ever had a million dollars? Talk, talking about Christmas I, I, lights and yeah. stuff on our Halloween know, part right? due episode. Have you ever had a million dollar idea and oh, then sure. like a couple months later you see your idea on a fucking commercial or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's happened those. to me a lot. I have a theory that like great ideas when they come up. My theory is that multiple people will have the same idea at basically the same time. And it's I, just the motherfucker that's crazy enough to try to implement it that actually, you know, is the guy that, you know, is selling the shit on the commercial. I don't know if necessarily that's it. I think everything comes from somewhere. Where and do you so, think ideas come from? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's a that's a great question. Yeah. That is a great question. Yeah. I think um subconsciously ideas and thought and creativeness and 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 just uniqueness, I I, I okay. I, I've thought two things. I used to think that there was a collective bowl that yeah. would occasionally spill out, and you would have things, and people, certain people, would be attuned to that. Yeah, and they would they would notice the imbalance. Uh-huh. Now I think there is a collective stream yeah. that there is just a a, a part of of thought <clears throat> that just for some reason has to be known. And people can tap and into that. And people tap into it. Well, see, that actually goes along with what I was saying because that would explain why multiple people tend to have the same idea mm-hmm. at, at, at about the same time. And I think that's also that that that's almost divine. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, it's it's something that we don't have a part of. Yeah. Or or we get little glimpses of it, but we don't get to stay there. Or if we do have a part of it, we are all subconsciously adding to the pot. Yeah, you maybe know, that's maybe it. maybe it's like the force from Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? It just it's there. It it's through every everything every it's through all living things. Yeah, I don't know, but I love thinking about that shit. Have you? Um, how many of those Encounters episodes have you watched? I've watched them all. Okay, yeah. all right. Have you been watching anything good? We've been watching the Fall of the House of Usher, which is a no, good, scary I, I, one. I haven't. I I, yeah. I, uh, I used to enjoy the old Vincent Price Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, I just remember that was a, an old cheesy B movie that they turned it? in. I think maybe even an Edgar Allan Poe or no, no, an no. Old, oh, oh no, an old no. short story. Uh, type. Yeah, Fall of the House of Usher is yeah. Poe, and I and I went through a period where I read a lot of Poe. Like I loved Edgar Allan Poe. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's an adaptation, but it's definitely a, a much more modern. Well, take the, on yeah, the story. this is a much, much the, more updated. The Usher family in the in the new version, the Netflix version, actually is totally and obviously paralleled with the Sackler family. Oh yeah. In real life, they're a pharmaceutical company. They put an opiate on the market. A bunch of people end up getting addicted and dying. Like it's literally like just like the Sacklers. Um, which is interesting. It's kind of a modern spin. It's been so long since I've read that story. Like I, I couldn't even like 
I wouldn't be able to do a very good job of re- reciting the plot to you, other than that it's about a very powerful family who, um, you know. So from falls. what I what I remember of it, it was a very powerful family, but it was at the end of that family's reign. There was yeah, a correct. big house, right? So this would have been like horse and buggy times, you know. Yeah. I'm talking maybe seventeen. Late 17, early 1800s. Yeah, ish. Maybe to mid. I, I'd even go all the way up, say, to 1850. Yeah, somewhere in there. Not even, You're right. Not quite Civil War yet. Yeah. But uh, this is a very powerful family that is off on their own. Uh, they have a mansion that is just absolutely immaculate at one point, but now sure. it's fallen into decay. It's crumbling. Yeah. They're having a lot of earthquakes, foundation yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, there is only a brother, a sister, a caretaker, and a gardener, if I remember right, that are working. Yeah, you remember oh, way more details oh, and, than and I and do. An, and an older couple that come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they open the gate and lock the gate. Yeah. So they're, they're your point of reference, your, your people that you can identify the common person with. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, There's a, a woman that shows up, uh, and they offer her boarding, and so she stays. And then there's a dude who shows up to buy the house. And the brother shows up because he's normally not there, but he's there. The sister's there. The servants are there. Shit starts going down. Yeah. Weird things start happening. One of the servants, if I remember right, she's deaf or something, and they, they go behind a, a corridor area, and she scares the shit out of a guy, and that's like one of the early jump scares, you know, if I remember right. You remember a lot of the story. How uh, this, long ago this, did you read it? This was my jam. I loved this story. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, the brother and sister come to find out there's reincarnation through, I think, the gardener and the girl that just magically showed up. Uh, they're reincarnated souls. Mm-hmm. The brother or the Usher family themselves are the reason why they're reincarnated because they killed both of them. They put a curse on them. Uh, if I remember right, uh, at the end of it, somebody goes into the Usher family vault after ki- I think it's the sister. No, the brother. The brother kills the sister goes into the Usher family vault because he finally found it and that's what they're looking for and gets the deed and everything and he's the last one living and out of the vault there was a whole like ancestor story where one of their ancestors got an arm chopped off or something right and so in all his pictures he's only got one arm and a nub well in the vault is a, a skeleton arm that comes out reaches up and strangles the brother and that's how it ends damn yeah I don't remember any of that yeah fuck yeah. If I um, remember right. I remember um, you know, the stories that I remember reading multiple times were like Telltale Heart, Pit mm-hmm. the Pit and the Pendulum. Um Pit and the Pendulum is a good one. Of course. And and that's one of the other cool things about this uh this Netflix show is that throughout the show there are lots of references to other Poe stories yeah. and poems and stuff. Like in the first episode there's a scene near the end where this guy, uh, the the, uh, the 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 patriarch of the family, is walking out to his car after uh, a court trial, and he falls down onto the ground, has a heart not not a heart attack, but something like that, and he's laying down on the ground, and he looks up, and there's a raven staring back down at him, oh, man. which of course is a bad omen. What was the thing I saw? I saw a uh, a clip from that show, and it was that patriarch guy, uh, and somebody said, uh, "Yeah, so when life gives you lemons." 
or no, he says, when life gives you lemons, and the the person interviewing him goes, what, you make lemonade? And he goes, what? Yeah, and then he goes on a big, and, long yeah, spiel. Yeah, and then he goes on this big spiel about yeah. how you corner the market on it, and you yeah. make lemons the next big thing. Yeah, and you, you, de- you a develop hashtag. a pharmaceutical drug made out of lemons, and yeah. you convince everybody that they need it. Yeah, 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 that was a cool little scene. It was, and he's like, and then, and then, after you've exhausted every single outlet of lemons you possibly can, you take that money, and yeah, you make lemonade out of it yeah yeah he, uh, he <laughs> it like was jesus it was good of him to throw that in at the very yeah, end of the, the spiel right end. he's like after you've made every billion you can possibly make yeah man then you make lemonade hey speaking of making lemonade we're, we're gonna make lemonade we've got we've got part two of uh of your interview with our good buddy jt from uh the paranormal sun that's right, right. part yeah. two coming up uh shortly uh we were still talking cryptids uh we were still talking uh jt man catching me that, up me and that dude can talk i'll yeah. tell you yeah our kiwi correspondent was, uh, yeah. was on point yeah he's had some health issues we talked about that we, yeah. we talked about everything what didn't we talk about to be honest with you yeah so stay tuned for that yeah, so definitely stay tuned uh also, I'm going to have to remind myself. Let me write that right now. I'm going to have to go double-check the edits on that because yeah. we were talking a lot of back-home names. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure we should probably edit a few of those. Yeah. Some people are no longer here. Keep which... them in there, but just beep their names so <laughs> that we can still hear the stories if you <laughs> don't mind. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm going to double-check that before I edit. So. <laughs> All right, folks. Scott's going to do a little editing. So, But before we do that, also, uh, yeah, well, we got to gotta thank our Patreon yeah, page. So yeah. thanks to uh, this uh, bitch ass bitch called biscuit biscuit who has aids by the way um, <laughs> we love him how about our good buddy um jt at the paranormal, JT, Sun, the paranormal you're about Sun. To hear next. Right. you're about to hear him next our good friends at in the groove records in the groove go check them out jamie and all them are right. at 708 west jefferson street that's right uh, who else do we got? We got the homie Kevy Kev. Kev Kev, Cass Cass. Cassie Cass. We've also got the boy Dub Izzy and the fam out of Chess Team Records. That's right. Check him out. He was on the episode, uh, uh, what, two episodes Maybe ago, 179? 179. 170. Maybe 176 or 7, maybe. Nah, I think it was like 170. Maybe 177. Yeah. It was in one We don't of the, know, it folks. It was in one of them. Check them out, We man. drink while we record. We don't remember <laughs> what we said on what show. But I guarantee you'll enjoy the hell out You're going to love it. So thanks to all of our Patreon patrons. That's right. And thanks to you. That's right. We'll see you guys uh, next. That's right. After this. Bitches. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So I thought I thought here too, um, to have a bit of fun as well, Scotty. I've just on the phone because again we'll just keep from dragging our bandwidth. Yeah. I have got a, a Halloween quiz here for you. Perfect. Which I thought would be kind of fun, and um, I'll try. It's it's actually really good. The way it is, it's like you scroll up to the question before I see the answer, so I can try and answer it as well. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's thirty two questions. Um, looking at this, it doesn't look like it's too like fucking. You know what did um, what did Ed Gein go for as Halloween in nineteen fifty one? You know, it's not nothing <laughs> like right. that. It, yeah, it looks like something that is actually we should be able to kind of um, have fun with. Okay, let's do it, man. 
Are we back? Are we back on? Or? Yeah, yeah, we can go back. Oh, sweet. So the last <laughs> no, one, I just, I, I just went ahead and end cap the last one. So we'll we'll just use this one for like anything else. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, all good, man. So um, I have got this. <laughs> okay, this, here here's a laugh, Scotty. You know, you know it's real Halloween when it comes from Country Living. Oh. Remember old Country Living, the cookbooks and that. Yes. I just Googled Halloween quiz. This was the first one that came up. It just made me chuckle. It's like, you know, it's, it'd be like, it'd be like Halloween trivia sponsored by Land Lakes. you know? I think that'd be more so, like a Columbus Day brought to you by Land Lakes. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh. Um, shout, shout out to the squaw up in heaven. Yes. Who's been removed. Shout out. Say hi to Mrs. Butterworth for me. Um, oh, and this, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I did have a crack up, man, a while back I saw on social media and it was like, can you tell me why this one, this one and this one are uh, have been canceled, but this one's OK. And it was like they had Mrs. Butterworth. Yeah. They had Uncle Ben. Yeah. And I think it was the Land of Lake Squaw. And then the one that they're saying, why is this one still around is the Quaker Oats, dude, because oh. it's like if you're going to talk about colonialism and old white dudes like they do have a fucking point. It's like. You know, aren't you being more progressive by having, you know, it's not like they're stereotypes, you know, it's not like it's a cartoon character or something. I mean, those Uncle Ben, Aunt Jemima were based on real people. Right. And the, the yeah, the Land of Lakes, I mean, it's probably a caricature, but I mean, still, it's like it's it's an American Indian squaw. It's not like distorted big lips or something have been made of it. Red so, man chewing yeah, tobacco. And, yeah, man, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's so, the best so I did one. have a bit of chuckle. I was like, yeah, they do have a point. It's like, <laughs> we want to be all inclusive, but only white men are okay to be, you know, on the breakfast table. It's like, yeah, that's a good point. Hey, he's on breakfast, okay? You leave him alone. Nothing bad happens at breakfast. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Well, you're having breakfast. He's tipping around out back, fucking plucking the hired help, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, all, we all know what the Quaker Oats dude was up to, all right? He's breeding a football team. He's got next season. Why, Come on now. Why do you why do you think that bastard has such a big grin on his face? <laughs> like who who else looks like that? He's probably 350, you know. He's probably three and a half bucks weight wise. He's got that ugly wig, but he's got the fucking biggest smile of all on his face, man. You know why? Because like, he he's already colonized two tribes working on three. <laughs> oh, For the oh, Lord. Man. Oh man. Mm. Yeah, speaking of which, uh before we get into this. I, there was a, a dude came through the other day and he had on a Jets hat. So, you know, I started giving him grief straight away. Like you did. And I said to him, I, yeah. And I said to him, like, after a little bit, I said, you, you just have to know that I am an American. So I am allowed to fucking mock you, you know, and he started having a good laugh and he was actually good spirited. And, and, um, but yeah, man, he was just dumping on Philly. He's like that fucking town. He's like, we <laughs> Beat, he goes, we beat the Eagles. He goes, to me, that's like winning the Super Bowl. He goes, that town, they riot if they win. They riot if they lose. They, they riot if, if their sister gets raped. I'm like, uh, you're probably taking it a bit too far, bro. Um, Maybe. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Anyway, it was just <laughs> – it was just funny because um, – so, you know, he we, we were swapping stories. We went all the way back to um, being a Seahawk fan. There was, there was a game like back when it was hard for us to get into the playoffs, and – if we won the game, we were going to go in the playoffs and the refs gave the Jets a touchdown because Vinny Testaverde's helmet was over the line. And um, it was obvious in the replays. His helmet was white and the ball's brown. 
And yet the refs were like, his helmet's over the line. That's the football. And obviously it's not dumb fucks. Anyway, um, like we, we were, we were comparing notes back that far. And you're still um, talking about it. <laughs> oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah. That was about 96, I think. Right. Um, but who remembers oh, that? Yeah. Oh man. When it's, when it's, when it, when it's your sports team and it's burnt into your painful DNA, man, it's painful. Like, that's you remember, right there, I mean, yeah. yeah. I never, honestly, Scotty, I never thought I'd see the Seahawks win a Super Bowl in my life. And so when 2013 happened, man, I just, it, the whole first half, I mean, we were well ahead. They're just sacking Peyton Manning left and right. And it's like, it took until like halfway through the third quarter for it to sink in. Like, you guys are going to win a fucking Super Bowl. Like, you're actually going to be able to say that your team has won a Super Bowl. It was, it it was that bad, man. It's just like, It would be like Nokomis winning a state title in anything, you know. It'd be like, <laughs> hey, not that did, we'd care that much. They did in the '90s. They did with Molly McDowell. The women's the women's basketball team won back to back state oh. championships. Oh, I, I was gonna say, you know, because the circle jerk Scotty isn't actually that a, is true. You know, a state a state sanctioned um, event. It's only it's it's only in the in the southern two thirds of the state. But when we were there, you know, we tried really hard for football. Though we, I mean, we did so many football circle jerk prep rallies. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. No, man, we you did that a lot. Wrong. And then when it would come time for like the girls' sports, they wouldn't get shit until they were winning. You know, and it was of I think the not, year man. after. So I graduated in '96. It would have been, I think '97. And then ninety eight. Okay. That's why I don't know about it. Is That's when they went back to back. It. Yep. She went on. Molly went on to. She won. I think uh, Queen of the Hill or some something like that. Um, <laughs> Queen of the Hill. Well, you know, like it. like for the tournaments and stuff. They 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 named her like oh, the number okay. one player for all the tournaments and stuff leading up to it. Uh, she ended up getting drafted and went overseas, and she wow. was still playing. Really? I think she was playing in Amsterdam uh, for a while. Wow. Uh, she ended up marrying uh, one of her teammates, and she now coaches that professional team. Fucking good on her, man. So, I, see, I had no idea. Yeah, and she like, still I'm lives just, there. I'm, From Fillmore, I'm so used Illinois. To our, <laughs> I, I'm just so used to our only fucking um, claim to fame being um, bottomly roughing and shulk, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. They still they still talk those guys up, too, man. And they died, what, over 100 years ago? <laughs> You know? I was I was gonna say, man, yeah. They played and fair uh, enough. I mean when Yeah. When when okay, so the town that I live in, which is a suburb, is and, and I mean it's nothing spectacular. We've probably got three times the population of of Montgomery County. I mean, yeah, dude, when you when you win at anything, no matter if it was you know, we could have won a battle against the Algonquins in fucking eighteen twenty six and you would still be, you know talking it up i can't blame them you know is no, all i'm saying i wouldn't you you you, you got to talk up what you got man it's got it's kind of like being a cleveland browns fan man you know <laughs> you you got to take whatever 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 leftover uh, overripe fruit god drops in your lap you got to take bro right we're just happy that we're here <laughs> yeah we're just happy we didn't go oh and 16 yet yeah yet yeah season okay early. so um <laughs> the season the season is early um so well <laughs> we could do this all day but i oh, know yeah. it's not very halloweeny so let's halloween um, it out bro yeah that's the one so here is part one of our epic 32 question halloween quiz the first question here is pretty pretty easy one and it is 
What was the ancient Celtic fall festival that was a precursor to Halloween? Sam Wine. I guess it would have been... Very good. Yes. Very good with the fancy pronunciation. Correct. The proper pronunciation. La-dee-da, Mr. Frenchman. <laughs> so I got that one. All right. Very very good, let me, Scotty. Let me get the bell out. All and, right. and for what it's worth, I did actually know that one as well, so... Thank God, <laughs> I wouldn't be a very good I wouldn't be a very good um, Irishman if I didn't see. Know I that. felt the same way. I, I I'm Irish as well. Felt the same. So the second question is, what does the word Halloween mean? Oh, I don't know that one. I I don't either for sure. I mean, of course it comes from All Hallows Eve. Yeah. But I don't know what they're gonna tell us down here. That means because it's not a straight Celtic word. So let's see what they say. Answer. Okay, so I wasn't far off. Hallowed evening or holy night. Ah. Because Halloween is a Catholic holiday as well. Short for All Hallows Eve. So woohoo, I'll take that. I, I, I got that one. They're going to say Halloween is a Catholic holiday? I know All Souls it is, Day. It, well, it, is, day. it falls on the same date. So mm. what I would argue, Scotty, is it's probably the old... They were no dummies, man, the, 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 the Catholics... They took the most popular oh, yeah. pagan holidays and said, well, yeah, don't worry. If you join us, you can celebrate that, too. And it's going to be even better, man. Um, <coughs> that's what they did with um, Saturnalia. Our Christmas is basically Saturnalia stolen yeah. from the Romans, you know, the time of year and all that. Agreed. I mean, the, the days best, of the feasting. Best way, and well, You know, the best way to do it is just to incorporate, you know. That's it, man. They 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 were no dummies, right. and that's why there's lots of arguments over Easter. And you know, like they always say, "What the hell do eggs have to do with Christ?" And but the reality is that that was the fertility festival for the pagans, right. and again, very very popular holiday in Europe. So of course you you want to give them all the reasons you can to join your religion, not go. Well, actually, things were better when we were running around buck naked, yeah. you know. Um, Offering up things to uh, Shubnigarath or uh, Cthulhu, you know. It's, right. Um, let's go back to that. Oh, now this one, Scotty, is a give me. If we had the bingo card, we would just have the like free space. <laughs> what is America's favorite Halloween candy? Oh God, I want to say candy corn, but it can't be candy corn. No, you're you're, you're overthinking it, Scotty. Apples. I'll give you a second. Get now. It's Reese's Reese's peanut butter cups. Reese's. And I. Yeah, I knew that, um, and it has been for quite a while. I figured it would have been something, you know, more traditional. No, it's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It's been they, – they actually, I saw this map a while back, and it was um, favorite candy by state, and it's like more than half the country is Reese's. Wow. Um, and they did 15 years of sales data from 2007 to 2021, and they said um, they were the top top seller in every every year, nationwide, that is. Hmm. So no, it's not like when we were growing up when we would get a um uh, an old Milwaukee, oh sorry, Milwaukee's best, you know, in our bag. <laughs> sorry kids, I forgot to buy candy, but here you can here you can have a couple of fucking Pall Malls and a and a Milwaukee's best. Make and sure you don't tell the mayor. Yeah, and a beast ice. Yeah, here you go. Bro, bro the best one was I remember we were fucking um we were trick or treating like what some people would consider naughty, you know, we were kind of like later teens, probably 14, 15. 
and the the guy like we knew him you know he lived in our town and that so what i mean is we knew of him we didn't know him real well knew him by name and he's just he's just like yeah come in and he like go in there and like drink beers with him for like an hour just smash fucking beers and yeah bro it's just like he's like oh if your parents ask you didn't drink here it's yeah. like yeah of course not bro no. yeah it was so so funny i mean it was it wasn't even like uh, let me see what i've got to dig up wink wink he's just like come in and have a beer i'm like yeah sweet bro that's awesome um, i just yeah yeah in, it was awesome in too, fillmore we bit- had this uh, we had this old lady she was an immigrant uh, and i say old she was probably in her mid 80s early 90s her husband had passed away about a decade before that and she loved halloween and every year she would dress up like a world war one slash trench you know german soldier wow. And she wow. spoke with a heavy German accent. So you would come in, and the last year, I remember trick-or-treating at her place, she had sacks of candy hanging from the ceiling. You'd put your bag underneath it, and she had a bayonet that she would stab, and it would, like, it would fall, candy would fall, and she'd be like, Happy Halloween, childrens. You know, and this thing, it was, it was the weirdest thing ever, dude. Well, bro, she's pretty brave, considering most of our, you know, most of us had at very least grandparents and fucking uncles and that who'd been in the war, you know, we're not right. talking about civil war fucking reenactment here, you know? No, she was, she was war vetted at this point. She'd been over here years after the war. So they were all fine with her acting like it. It's not like, oh, she yeah, was no. like it's not like she was stabbing Nazi no, no, heads no. or anything fully here. Get the candy from the Jew, you know, and like stab the bag no. or something. It wasn't something uh, like that. Yeah. Just, just you want your candy, just crawl in the <laughs> oven. Don't worry. It's not gas. I won't turn it on. Um, Do you smell yeah, that? No. It smells like you. Oh, oh. no, man. I, the, the only reason I'm saying it is that like, okay, my grandma, right? My grandma was born in 1911 and Fucking, she was as German as you could be. Oh, yeah. Her surname is Lesser, right? Oh, yeah. But in the 80s, I, I had a school. Remember when we actually did school reports and like you'd prepare, like I remember preparing a big map of Germany, everything else. Yeah. And I asked grandma about Germany and fuck, bro, she went off on me. She's <laughs> like, I'm not German. I'm a man, blah, 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 like because of living through the war, right? right. So, you know, being German, probably being fucking harassed in that. Oh, that's I- why I'm just surprised that. You know, that lady was still open to the fact that, you know, I wear my German badge. Um, oh, very. She one of our very. neighbors growing up had had been in the U-boats, and he wouldn't fucking talk about it. He, his name was Schneider. Again, Otto Schneider, which you can't get more German than that. Right. <clears throat> and, he, and he did the whole German food thing, and he made schnapps and that. But good God, don't ask him about the war. He'd just fucking tell you to get out of his house. See, that's amazing, man. I had uh, a buddy of mine growing up. Uh, he lived out in Mulberry Grove, Illinois. His uh, his grandpa raised him. His grandma and his grandpa. Mom and dad weren't in the picture. Grandma and grandpa raised him. And grandpa was probably one of the single greatest men I had ever met in my entire fucking life, bro. He stormed Normandy when he was 18. He took shrapnel in the neck. He remembered pulling a chunk of something. He, he didn't even remember what it could have been. Something blew up. He got up, felt warm running shit down his, his, his body, pulled a chunk of something out of his neck, threw it down on the beach, and kept going, bro. They had to pull him off of the battlefield. He wanted to keep going so badly, but they told him, if you don't get off this battlefield, you're going to bleed out and die. Right, right. He made it yeah, all man, the way up, um, I think, to like third or fourth check, checkpoint before they pulled him off. Damn. So he made. There's it a in. reason they called him. Yes. There's a reason they called him the greatest generation, man. 
I can't guarantee I would do that. I can't guarantee same, anybody same. from from my generation at all would do that. Uh, I can think of a few of us that were just dumb enough that would do it, but it wouldn't be from courage. Right. It would just be coach told me run the ball. <laughs> My head big and take big hit. I hurt. Touchdown. And, and Scotty, I I I know you're instantly thinking of who I'm thinking of. I know so exactly who. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sad thing yes. too. Though we're both thinking of the same person. <laughs> Uh, uh. Shut up, Tingley. <laughs> Merman. Speaking of uh, the guy who would have yelled at us, uh, uh, Mr. Meyer, Randy Meyer, FFA teacher. I heard the other day Randy yes. Meyer passed away. So it's been a wow, year now. Okay. He's been gone a year. I didn't wow. even know that. So I thought that was something. Yeah, I mean, for all of all of the shit talking that I did in his class and, and all of the, like, love-hate relationship, oh, yeah. I mean – he was pretty cool. He, he, he was, bro. I told you the story. He's the one now, now that I know that he's gone for sure. He's the one that caught me drinking the whiskey in the, in the fucking <laughs> parking lot and didn't snitch on me. Um, there was some fucking paper that was due, you know, and it was in that co-op class. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's out in my car. I'll go get it. And so I'm out there drinking fucking whiskey straight from the bottle. And the next thing I, he just walks up because I had the window just cracked and I just hear Tingly, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to get me fired. And I'm just out there swigging Jack Daniels, you know, and he's like, get your ass in there. He's like, here, take this. And he gave me some, some gum, you know, so I wouldn't smell like a fucking brewery. Yeah. Well, good man. on him. So, um, RIP. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, you know, nowadays they'd be calling the police and oh all kinds God, of yes. shit. Yeah. Instead it was just like, that's what he told me. He goes, you can do whatever the fuck you want at five past 11. Cause remember I only went to school for like three hours in my senior year. It's like, yep. you can do, you can drink whatever the fuck you want after five past 11, but you're not getting me fired. Yep. And see, it was a few years after that I was in the class and we had uh, Rick Ginger. And so oh, yeah. at like, I think 1130, we, we got it. We got let out at 1130 to go to our jobs. I was the only one that yeah. had a fucking job. And I ended up getting fired halfway through it because some other kid from Nokomis came down and we hung out and so, like him and the dude from from Mulberry Grove, we all got together and uh, and somehow they were like, get out of here and don't ever come back. So I was like, OK, you fired me. So I took the rest of the remainder of the year off and I would get off every day at like 11, 1130 and just go hang. That, that was me, bro. Yep. I still remember it's been over 30 years and I got out. That the actual end of the class was eleven oh three, and by eleven oh eight, I'd be at fucking Casey's, bro, getting um, <laughs> getting some fucking pizza or something, you know. Yes. Getting filled up, and then uh, I'm on and the then heading route. home to get drunk the rest of the day. Yeah. Yep. Waiting for waiting for the rent for the normal people to either get out of school or work, so I could fucking drink with my mates. Yep. Drink with the, uh, oh hell, who was it? Um, Oh, well, besides fucking, um, besides Boo, uh, let's see, Lyle, who, Lyle, what was there? Woodall? Uh, yeah, Boo, Boo Woodall, but Lyle, I'm trying to think, you'd know him, if I looked it up, you'd know, they, they used to live right on the south edge of Nokomis, we'd go over to Lyle's every once in a while and drink, and anybody, just any fucking random drunk, you know, to get out of school or get oh, off yeah. work, um, those were the days, man. Oh, yeah, I remember we had, so it was... Well, we're that old. At least I'm that old. You're you're a little bit older than me, uh, but we're we're so old that in school, when you had nothing to talk about, the the co-op teacher who was also the FFA teacher decided to 
combine classes and talk to the local weed dealer on how he, you know, would would grow his stuff, the right kind of fertilization he would use. We had talk and classes on how to monetize it. I mean, it was a whole Damn, thing. Damn, we didn't get any of that, you bastards. Yeah, he talked to Ricky Ginger about it the entire time. Like, Rick, how, oh, well, how, how are you making money well, these days, why. Rick? Yeah. And it was off of a joke, right? And Rick was like, well, I'm driving to Monte Carlo out there. He's like, I've been selling some good weed here lately. You need anything, you know? And he was going on doing his spiel. And so the whole time, Meyer was like, I'm going to put that to use. So then when we had nothing to do, he starts talking about Rick. How's business, man? Anybody, any any clients I might know? You know, he kept it totally above board. He's still... <laughs> Here's oh, the teacher man. talking about, oh, you know, man. talking about business with the weed dealer. And this was in the 90s. So that, that shit wasn't even close to being legal like it is now in Illinois. Well, that's what, I feel that's, sorry that's for guys like when we had. Um, I feel sorry for guys who are getting out of jail now in Illinois who look over and they see billboards of the state yeah. selling weed on a much bigger scale than they went to jail for than they could ever have, you know, planned. Yeah. Same, same in California, bro. I oh, know guys yeah. that went to jail for having a quarter ounce and they got like 10 years in prison. And now, you know, they get out and it's like um, you go to Burger King. Oh, do you want some hash oil with that? It's right. like the fuck. If you come on these, Tuesdays, yeah, these guys. Yeah. If you come on Tuesdays, it's quarter ounce Tuesday. You get a free quarter ounce with every pound. Yeah, man, because that's it. These guys weren't going to fucking county jail or country club prison. They were. You know, they were going in there with fucking murderers and shit, all yeah. for fucking just having a bit of weed. I mean, nothing massive. It's not like they had ounces and ounces, but it was considered if you had more than an eighth of an ounce, and especially like if you like if you had an eighth of an ounce and you had rolled a joint, they would say, Oh, you were preparing that eighth of an ounce for sale. Yeah. So that's what that's the only reason that it could be in a joint. No, maybe dumb fuck, I was trying to smoke it myself. I never you understood know? that, man. <clears throat> the the whole it's just it, an it's, excuse. Yes. Yeah, you know, man. Like, it is. 100%. Preaching to the choir. It's 100%. This is your excuse. brain. This is your brain on drugs. It's an excuse to keep a certain sect of the population down. Put my thumb yeah, right man. on you. It's, it's, that's absolutely right. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, they've done – I've was. i I've talked to a few people about that here, and um, I won't name the agencies, but I've talked to people here in enforcement – and they basically said the same thing that any intelligent person would say. Uh, cannabis causes less harm than alcohol or fucking tobacco. Right. And it's just the reality. Yeah. I mean, I've never in my life and, and I've obviously been around the devil's lettuce for a while. <laughs> I never, ever, ever, ever watched somebody smoke weed and say, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to go and fucking randomly punch that guy because, you know, I just – He's just making me angry because he's wearing blue today. It's like right. people don't do that shit, man. Like the only time I ever saw anyone get violent with weed was when it was laced with something. Yes. Like PCP or something. And especially if they didn't know it. And so they don't know how to react to it. Well, it's I mean, you get like laced the, shit. That's what happens. It's the same. Yeah, in just the, like spike. Yeah. Yep. Just like in the 80s and in the 90s when you, know, you ever would see, you know, depictions of people on cocaine or crack, they were always jumping out windows. <laughs> yeah no kicking one jumped the, out of doors windows. off a car yeah, to, no one car. jumped yeah. out of windows like that i don't ever remember seeing that on the news <laughs> just randomly people yeah, or, are jumping out windows yeah or like taking their phone apart thinking that they were being bugged by the fbi it's like yeah, yeah uh, i think the fbi had better things to worry about than fucking mickey and his fucking eight ball you know right it's easy like, yeah. easy there cracky easy there <laughs> yeah man exactly <laughs> 
Okay, so here we are. Question four. Four. How is Laurie Stroud related to the killer uh, Michael Myers in the Halloween movie franchise? And Halloween is my favorite uh, Halloween-y horror-type franchise, man. Michael is her brother. Very good, Scotty. Yes, Very sir. good. It says the trick question. It's a trick question. The answer depends on the movie. In Halloween 2, it really it reveals that uh, Laurie Stroud is Michael Myers' sister. Uh -huh. Later sequels follow suit until 2018. And you see, that's why I didn't even know there was another answer, because I haven't watched any of these new fangled ones. I think the latest one I watched was that one that came out around 2000. Yeah. Um, so it says uh, 2018's Halloween, which is a direct sequel, uh, in which no family relation is mentioned. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just a fucking typical Holly rewrite Hollywood rewrites is all still good though. Okay. Now here we go. Here's here. This is a good one, Scotty. Right. In which state is it the normal for trick or treaters to receive full size candy bars on Halloween? Ooh, I'm going to say in which state or which states it just says state. So one state, I'm going to say Pennsylvania. Final answer. Um, Pennsylvania. Let's see. I will go with – you go with Pennsylvania. I'm going to go with Ohio because they got nothing else going on there. So uh, th That's why it I must picked Pennsylvania. Be, yeah. They got more money than cents. <laughs> and, and for anyone from Ohio, I just mean, you know, hey, look, man, every time I look at your sports teams, <laughs> I just feel for you. So that's why I'm kind of assuming, you know. I just assume um, you're giving nothing... away whole candy bars. <laughs> And I, at first, I was going to guess California. That would have been a good I'm one. Way, I, I'm, I would have been much closer because it's Oregon, apparently. Uh, so, yeah. Well, they it's, made psilocybin it's step, legal. It's one step down from the skin flute. You know, it's it's the Oregon. <laughs> okay. So, right. number six. What was the original purpose of bobbing for apples on Halloween? Ooh, the original purpose. To clean them off, I'm assuming. And I'm just thinking, is it going to be that simple? Will it be something more in depth? Or to I show would... off Susie's skills. And that is the, that is not the original reason, but that is the best reason. Yes. Uh, oh, damn. Actually, uh, now I can see all the DMs coming that I'm a sexist, misogynist pig. Sorry, folks. but um, They're on yeah, this show know, for a reason. Could... It's okay. It won't happen. You got to roll with it. Okay. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you're guessing that. I'm going to guess that. Something similar. Um, I think that we're going to find that by bobbing for apples, them being in the water, you can kind of see the rotten ones so you can avoid them. Uh, let's see. Answer. Wow. Wow, Scotty. We're both a mile off with this one. Fortune telling. Specifically predicting whom a woman would marry. Oh. Each apple represented a different suitor, and whichever apple the woman ended up biting into was said to represent her future husband. Interesting. That's Very kind of, that's kind of shitty oh, yeah. that she's biting it, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, considering that you know my uh, my missus is taking a bite out of my ass for twenty years now, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, Don't they all? So yeah, they yeah, all take exactly. a bite. I, I I love being what I call being nag nagged remotely. You know, when she texts nags me, there's nothing better in this world, bro. <laughs> Can you do this or what are you doing on your day off? And it's like, um. Yeah, and it's you're always you're always running that risk. Do I just not answer and pretend I'm asleep? 
how long can I play this game? You know, like, does she actually need something important? Or does she just want money because she's, you know what I mean? It's like, you just, you're constantly, your brain is running, running well, those risks in your head, like the minefield and, and how long can I, you know, it's like, um, what is that fucking millionaire hot seat kind of, you know, oh, in your brain. Yeah. I was just thinking, boy, you put a really, man, you put a lot of thought into that. What does she need now? Does she need this? Does she need <laughs> It's just like oh, yeah, a cascade it, that goes through. It's it's like it's like the uh, Enigma machine in my head, bro. You know, it's just like it's just cycling everything through. What do they call those? Those Rube Goldberg machines? Yeah. You know, like the, the 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 shoe kicks a fucking ball and it ends up like making you scrambled eggs. Yeah, the, the, yeah it's kind of like that, bro. The hamster yeah, turns exactly. a wheel. That yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it always ends up with the jackass in my head. You know, getting kicked <laughs> in the back. So, um, so this one is pretty easy for me. Um, this is number seven. It says, name the haunted San Jose, California home that grew from eight rooms to 160 rooms while being owned by an eccentric rifle heiress. And then afterwards, I'll give you a bit of a rundown on it. That's the Winchester Mansion. Well done, Scotty. Ding, Sarah, ding, ding. Sarah Winchester. No, what wasn't was Very, it Sarah? Yes. Sarah, I do believe it was. I think it was. Um, and that, that is who it was. So basically what it all came down to... Um, I didn't go there when I was in California, but the lady who, who my mom took care of, who was an old librarian, she'd been there. She told me all about it. And of course, it's something interesting that you know a good bit about, Scotty. Yeah. But basically what it was was she was really into psychics. And had a she had a psychic tell her. Yeah, she, she had a psychic tell her that the, she was being haunted by um, the ghosts of all the people that had been killed by Winchester firearms. And so that the only way the, the, the day that she stopped building rooms onto the mansion is the day she would die because she had to build all these rooms that went to nowhere and these doors that ended up being sealed up in that to confuse the ghosts that were haunting her. So from 1886 until 1922, she kept building these, uh, these rooms. So it went from eight rooms to 160 rooms and she would go as far as to like have, carpenters come in and rip down like a whole section or a whole floor oh, yeah. and rebuild it which is nuts like when one... they say that she spent most of that money most of the family's fortune on this and she also allegedly never slept in the same location twice she was so worried that the spirits were after her she was hiding she was building this house to hide and so sometimes you would you would be on the third floor and you would turn a corner and you would open a door and there would be just a three story drop off to the very bottom of of the ground and then other times you would come up to a staircase that went to absolutely nowhere and folks this was not a redneck mansion okay oh, this no. was like the finest craftsman she could get I'm the best to, carpenters the I'm trying best, to pull it up the best wood yeah, built with like ebony and sandalwood and all kinds of things. Like she'd spared no expense because that's what this psychic had told her was that if you chintz on it or if you stop building, you're going to die. And apparently the from memory, and again, this could be wrong, but I, what I thought was that there was a storm or something. And so they couldn't build for a weekend or something. And then the workman came back on the Monday or whatever, and she was dead. And so it's kind of like, is that, you know, did it fulfill the prophecy? Yeah, I'd heard something along those lines as well. Yeah, that that she uh, wasn't able to build for some weekend, and then that's when it happened. 
just looking at the pictures you've got there, man. I mean, I mean, this thing for is being massive. such a yeah, man, for being such a thrown together oh. project, it looks fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's right up there as an architectural uh, masterpiece. You know, from the outside anyway. Yeah. Yeah, this was from uh, All right. May 5th, 2017. Oh, yeah, they made a movie about that, too. I forgot about that. All right, well, anyway. Imagine being the, imagine being the caretaker stuck there during COVID lockdown, bro. Oh, God, no. Because I covered a few stories about people being stuck in weird places during COVID, and there was a guy who was stuck in a uh, – like a, a a ghost town in California in in the uh, Sierras, and he reckoned he was hearing all kinds of weird shit and things going on and voices and and he 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 was straight up, you know. He said, "Look, I don't know if this is just my pareidolia, like you know, my mm-hmm. just mentally hearing things in the wind or whatever." But he was convinced for sure there was shit going on because he was stuck there like six months. Funny you say and that. I like, just it, saw it just reminded me of The Shining. I just saw a documentary the other day of a of a couple that was stuck near the Fukushima reactors. Uh, during COVID, okay. after all that went down, it, it it was it wasn't safe yet, but it was safe enough to return. So during COVID, they were seeing lights and things, yeah. and they were hearing whispers. And because the the Japanese um, faith believes in the lights and things, they don't they don't see that as like aliens or whatever. They see it as yeah. spirits of their loved ones coming yeah. back. So no one was frightened of it, and they still to this day see these lights there. That they attribute well, to spirits. Um, well, me and Dave talked about this one in the past, but that episode of the new launch of uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. Uh, of all the stuff they covered, I was actually, that one fascinated me because it was the story of all these people seeing spirits that basically were people who had died traumatically during the the tsunami. Yeah. And like one of them, it was the story of these cab drivers where they would see random people like out there nowhere. And like the one dude, he gave this guy a ride. He asked him where, and the guy told him, and then he didn't talk to him the rest of the way. And he got like three quarters of the way to the destination. And he turned, like he looked in his rear view mirror and the guy was gone. Yeah. I saw and that. The, the thing is, yeah. And the thing to me is that why would these drivers lie? Because every time they did something like this, they ended up paying for it because there was mm-hmm. no one to pay the fare. And the way the cab companies are, 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 it's like you went on the ride, somebody pays. And the way that these cab drivers looked at it as it's the least we can do if this gives them peace, we're happy to pay it. But what I'm saying is, obviously, not only are dudes not making money because they're not selling books or whatever, they're actually losing money. So what have they got to fucking gain to tell these well, exactly. stories? You know well, what I mean? and, and on top of that, they could potentially lose their job if they don't pay for it. Why did you go exactly. out to here? You know, where's where's the fair? Where's this? Why did you do this? You know? Yeah, exactly. And there, there was a, a, another lady there who she had these spirits coming to see her constantly and she would speak to the Shinto priest. They would use her body as a vessel to speak through. And the priest said it got so bad, like he was constantly being woken up at like midnight to, you know, like usher these people on. And he said for a while there for a few months, it was like fucking pretty much he was on call 24 seven. And, um, you know, he always knew it was going to be her when he'd get these calls after hours because she'd just turn up at the temple. But Mm -hmm. again, he, you know, he, he just felt this is what we need to do if, you know, to see these people on. 
And I mean, again, you, you go back through history, the original, not the original, but kind of like when we think of classic Buddhism with the Dalai Lama and that, this is why the Tibetans wrote the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead was meant to guide you through. So when you died, you knew the way to get through to the afterlife because there would be spirits trying to trick you mm -hmm. and it would be like a maze and everything else. And that was the whole point was that you were meant to memorize this. So when you died, you knew what to what not to fall for, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, it, look, I, I just find it fascinating that here we are like six, 700 years on from when that book was written and getting very similar kind of stories out of Japan of that's these mm -hmm. spirits are just kind of lost dazed and confused as the saying goes not yeah. even realizing they're dead yeah yeah a lot of them I, I think i remember that one in particular that you're talking about where the guy got into the cab if i remember right the cab driver said that the, the passenger was very wet he was correct like, like yes he, he'd he been was wet and he he could smell he could smell salt like yes. salt water yeah, yeah he, like he had fell into the water in the ocean or something he was very wet yep yeah man that's that's the one and like I said, out of all this stuff on that season, you know, you would think that like I would be drawn to the UFO and that, but that was because it was something kind of new to me because, you know, like the Berkshire's case and that it, I hadn't seen it that well done, but I've heard of it, but you know, I hadn't heard about these ghosts around um, Fukushima and that really fascinating story. Right. And I mean, this happens every time there's a major disaster. Uh, it's not talked about in the news, obviously, but if you go below the surface, like during the Boxing Day tsunami, mm -hmm. which although it's not that famous in the U.S. here, it was a big deal because it was a Southern Hemisphere thing, and over 300,000 people lost their lives from that tsunami. That was that massive one in Indonesia that was like a 9.3 earthquake. Yeah, that's the um, one that changed yeah, and, the axis of the Earth. Yep. Yes, and and there's still stories going on about people seeing, uh, you know, running into people at resorts that aren't there like you know they'll talk to them they'll say oh where are you from and they'll have a bit of a conversation and then they turn around or they go to get a drink at the bar and they come back and the person's vanished i yeah. mean not walked away like literally there's nowhere for them to go and they're just gone so yeah it is it's, it's a bit freaky what do you okay think, what do you think that is go ahead <sighs> okay so again this is just jt's postulating i think that in something like this you kind of got two potentials well two major potentials let's say the first one is if you've got the kind of whole you see something you see like a ghost you don't hear anything from the ghost the ghost seems to be kind of almost running on a loop if that makes sense like mm -hmm. it's like the ghost you can like it's this, an somebody might see it yeah, somebody might see it 20 years ago. You might see it kind of doing the same thing. Uh, there's a very famous story in the UK about this, the ghost of this uh, monk. And they saw him going, walking through this cathedral and stopping and reaching down, looking for something, and then he would vanish. And they ended up excavating under this, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, you know, like in a church, you've got the raised uh, altar. So they excavated around this altar and they found this gold coin from this period. And obviously in a former life, he had dropped this coin and that's what he's trying to get the coin out, but he couldn't get it out. And they excavated and they found that some of these coins had dropped in this crack in the stone. And it was there like 800 years later or whatever, which to me is, you know, really freaky because again, they never would have found the coin without that 
without that. But the way that that sounds to me, like exactly what you're saying, it's like an impression or a recording. And Lionel and I had a bit of a talk about this as well. And if, if done properly, there are lots of scientists and geologists out there that believe the earth can retain and almost like throw up like a, a, a projector, certain signs that can be stored in the energy of the earth. Um, and another good example, I remember hearing about this as a kid. Now, I don't know how true it is, but I could swear, um, you know, at the very least, I read about it in like one of those Time Life books or something was old pottery. And because the way pottery is mm -hmm. formed by hand and you have grooves in that, that you could play back sounds from those times. Yeah, I'm not going to say you had you'd hear Aristotle giving a speech, but <laughs> you could get really kind of eerie sounds like it could be that this pottery was in a village and you could hear animals, you know, in the background See, or something. I haven't so heard I'm not that. saying the, the one I've heard yeah, is not you, like can, it, you can take pottery and you can look at when it was fired and you can tell the magnet like the 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 what is it? Yeah, the, that's true. Yeah, the magnetism of the poles at that time versus what it is now. And you can tell that that's, from that's, the older the pottery, the stronger the magnetic pole is on the pottery and the less it is today, showing that our magnetic field of our planet is, is waning. That's very true. Between pottery and natural rock formations, mm -hmm. that's how they prove that, you know, the, the poles or the, the magnetic field kind of strengthens and weakens. And that's how they've kind of extrapolated saying when is the next time we're going to be kind of fucked basically? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is coming up if I remember when, right. Oh, of course it is. You know, it's always coming up. Isn't the, uh, the, the pole reversal coming up within the next 10, 15 years or something, but that won't, it's been coming up. That won't matter until, uh, the, uh, the sunspots erupt from the sun and fry everything on the planet. Oh, bro. If there's a pole reversal, like, don't even bother. Like, yeah. <laughs> all these dudes and their fucking bunkers. Yeah. Just fucking dream on. Yeah, like that's, that's the end yeah. of it. There's, there's going to be a few thousand of us scraping our asses around on the surface, man, just praying to die. Like if there's actually a pole reversal, like I don't think people realize quite how catastrophic that's going to oh, be. That would be terrible. And those bunkers and shit will not protect them. No. Um, because water will water, water. And, um, no matter how deep you dig the bunkers and how much you make them out of concrete, sooner or later, if it's underwater, you're going to run out of air or that water is going to find a way to get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So next one here, Scotty. Um, <laughs> and you talked about candy corn. Hey, I love candy corn. So what was the original name for candy corn? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say witch's titties. Hey man, I like it. I, I I like it, and I'm on board for that. But it's not. What is it? It's chicken feed. Oh, that's what it should have stayed. It says that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not far off on you, bro. It's it's right up there with circus peanuts and whorehounds as far as the mm. um, dregs of the earth candy wise. You ever had a whorehound? Yeah, that thing is like. That's like licking an ashtray, bro. Mom loved them, bro. Uh, don't ask me why. I <sighs> I guess it's because like back when they were growing up. Anything that wasn't rolled in tobacco ashes and sand was considered candy. But yeah, I was never a fucking fan of whorehounds. Isn't that the truth? Um, no, my uh, mom liked whorehounds and so, beech nut. Oh yeah, beech nut. Yeah. Yep. So it's it says here um, chicken feed, uh, according to the Golitz Candy Company, which is now Jelly Belly, oh. popularized the classic tricolor Halloween treat 
when it began marketing the kernels under the name in 1898. So it goes back 120 years. 1898 is when they started calling it candy corn. Yeah. So I wonder how long before that. Yeah. So here's a good one. And I do know this one. Which famous magician actually died on Halloween? Uh, is that Harry Houdini? Very, very good. It was Houdini. Houdini was obsessed with the afterlife. He, um, I know for a fact that he tried to get his mother yes. to communicate with him after she died. And he told his wife when he died that there was a certain code word that she was only to believe any psychic or whatever if they uttered this exact it was either a word or a phrase, but they had to get it exactly right. And he said that if they didn't get it exactly right, she would know he was they, that they were lying to her. And um, never, no one ever came to her with the right answer. So, and she, I know she tried for at least twenty years, but I want to say until she died, didn't? Oh uh, well, actually, go ahead. Didn't Henry Ford invent something that that uh, that the, the Houdini's Edison. used? Edison. Thank you, Edison. Edison. Edison invented what was uh, what I've heard called as the spirit phone, which yes. as he got near, it's something about inventors. And uh, again, I just think it's the practical nature of them. Mm -hmm. Him and uh, oh, Tesla both near the end of their life were experimenting with communicating with the dead mm -hmm. and Edison. And, and uh, yeah, and, and that was it. Um, I think it was just one of those, well, if they just would have looked at it as the natural next step. And if that's going to be the next step, I want to know all I can about my competition when I get to the other side. So, you know, with Edison, it would have been, I wonder if I can find a Rube over there like Tesla, whose ideas I can take right. and make money out of them, you know, and then just tell them, oh, you don't understand jokes in America. You know, I was I was only joking when I said I would give you half a million dollars if you could invent this. You know, it was only a joke, you know. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> dick. Um, <clears throat> and, dick yeah yeah exactly i mean hey thanks for the light bulbs but aside from <laughs> that you know yeah also thanks <laughs> for the fucking bill for the light bulb too weston house you prick <laughs> oh man yes you know so um if it was tesla's plan i would have been getting free energy by now well if that's it if if you believe again not proved but if you believe a lot of the stories back then not only Westinghouse, but uh, um, J.P. Morgan, mm -hmm. multiple others that had money invested in electricity. They shut down any kind of alternative. I mean, there were all kinds of stories about people having free energy devices. And back then, bro, it wasn't like now where they paid you off. They just fucking you just you got disappeared. Oh, yeah. You just went on a you went on a free cruise. It's like, how would you like to go on a cruise to Europe? Oh, well, they got on the boat, but they haven't got off. We don't know what happened. Right, right. You know, go ahead and check the footage on the cameras, you know? It's there was like, no cameras. Yeah. That um, was, yeah, that was pretty pretty convenient um, right there. The guy who invented the um, diesel engine, um, I want to say Eiffel Diesel was his name, but maybe it was something similar. Um, apparently, he was making noise about uh, having a carburetor that would allow cars to run on water. A few other kind of... Yes. Uh what, what we would call kind of crackpot theories. And he went on a transatlantic cruise and managed to somehow fall overboard. And they said he was dead. He was a hypochondriac, deadly afraid of heights. And yet, bro, he just goes out wandering them by himself on the deck at night. Yeah. It was either that or out of his 
stateroom window. And either way, it's like something that dude wouldn't be doing because he doesn't like heights. So there was another. You wouldn't story. be doing King of the World, <laughs> right? There was another story in. Uh, yeah. I think it was. Uh, actually, I think it was uh, Unsolved Mysteries, where there was a an inventor where he had invented a way for uh, flashlights. He could take a, a flashlight prototype that he had built, and he could load it up with like dirt and rocks and anything, and he could shake it up. And it would be a stable energy source. Like he would put it in this thing, turn it, shake it up, and it was a stable energy source for like hours, right? Wow. He was he was shifting that technology. He was in the process of selling it to some private individual when he was. Uh, I think he was touring a government facility when an accident happened. You know, and like yeah. I don't know, he accidentally sat down on a live mine in a training exercise somewhere, probably, and. All of his his uh, patents his patents and everything reverted to the United States government after that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because that's the famous thing about Tesla, and there have mm-hmm. been lots of like people who have come along and tried to say, "Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal," oh. but they showed for a fact that there were like thirty trunks worth of documents removed from his apartment yes. by the Office of Alien Intelligence in the U.S., which just meant that you were a foreign national. Uh-huh. So. Before he was like even today. like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I I just don't want people to think go to me. There's no alien intelligence. Well, and office it's funny there, because well, uh, one of the officers that re- allegedly removed those trunks was supposed to be Donald Trump's. Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump's grandfather yeah. or great grandfather, relative of some sort. I think it was his uncle, but yeah, he was very. When you start digging into that dude's background, he was actually also very connected in these kind of shady dealings. Um, so it wasn't what I'm saying is it wasn't just the Tesla yeah. thing. There are rumors that he was involved uh, somewhat in like crash retrieval and that maybe not like I'm not saying he was like, you know, I'm not trying to play where in the world is Carmen San Diego where he was <laughs> at every fucking event in history. But right. Yeah, there are stories about him being involved in some because he was a um, high level doctor professor type. I mean, he had all kinds of degrees. He was, you know, it was kind of like George Bush's dad, Vandemar Bush, who was involved in like the OSI in World War Two um, and involved in U.S. intelligence. That guy saw and some, that's he, why he knew yeah. some stuff. So did George Bush Sr. George Bush Sr. Yeah. knew an enormous amount more than any well, when president. you're head of the CIA. Yeah, bro. That's yeah. it. You're, you... More than I think more and, than any setting president we've ever had in the United States. George W. Bush knew more than any setting president. Bush, I would argue Bush. Um, I would argue um, probably uh, Nixon, just because Nixon was so much of a control freak. Um, I feel like they went out of their way on him to not disclose. Same way with Trump. Yeah, yeah, but you got to remember, Nixon was also the vice president under Truman. Right. Or it's not Truman, um, Eisenhower. And I think Eisenhower, because I think that kind of the secrecy angle with, as far as presidents go, I think it was kind of post-Eisenhower. When Eisenhower started shooting off his mouth about the uh, military-industrial complex, I think... I think after he left office in 60 is when they started saying, okay, you don't need to know. But the thing is, see, Nixon was already in the power structure back then. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely agree that um, 
Bush would have been right up there in the top four or five guys that actually knew what was going on. I'd say um, FDR knew because FDR was in there forever and a day. And again, he was in there at kind of the beginning of all of this. Four terms, right? Yeah, four four terms and first term in 33. So I would say that, you know. Last term in 42? Is that right? Yeah, 44, but he died in 45. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he got never, voted in in 44, and then yeah. I think in February of 45, he died. Yeah, never never made it. And, um, yeah, and Mustache Man actually thought that because he had died, oh, we might still win the war. Uh, at least that's the story that's been propagated was he was like, oh, maybe America will, will, will lose um, taste for the war now. It's like, dude, if they've already lost, like, how many hundreds of thousands of soldiers – and they're almost at the fucking end. Do you really think now they're going to say, oh, yeah, no, we've, we've gone 95% of the way to Berlin, but now we're going to stop, you yeah, know? No. It's like, no. Yeah. Not for something like that, like for a <laughs> yeah. for a desert storm. Yeah, I could see that. Not for a World War II. I, no. I think also he just didn't know, like, only really knowing what he knew from Germany, you know, he because it, it's the truth. I mean, there's a reason reason why they kept trying to kill hitler because if they would have killed hitler the reality is whoever was left probably would have tried to sue for peace and i guess he kind of thought that with fdr out that whoever else was in might just say hey you know this has gone on long enough let's let's Mm -hmm. call peace you know and i don't think hitler was ever under the illusion that they were going to win in 1945 but i think he thought that somehow that you know germany might be spared being fucking you know raped and pillaged but yeah he didn't get that wish did he no he sure didn't i mean he may have thought completely <laughs> different in 1943 oh yeah you know i guarantee they were thinking they could win that this is this is doable oh. we're going to get to do whatever we Wait. want and then along came project valkyrie where hitler's number 2 tried to assassinate him at a meeting where he set a, a briefcase bomb down at a table and then left. But unfortunately for them, the table absorbed a majority. It was one of those great big heavy oak tables in a castle that absorbed most of the explosion. And they ended up capturing them all and killing them. That was an actual sect of Germans that believed the war should be over. So um, he, Hitler survived something like 14 or 18 assassination attempts. And when I say assassination attempts, I don't mean some random nutter who was like, I'm going to go there and poison him. I mean, people who actually, I mean, there was one, one instance, for example, very early in his career. And I want to say it was around 36 or 38. When I say early in his career, I mean, before the war and he was due to give a speech in a town. Now they had set a time bomb in a suitcase uh, for him to give his speech Now, for some reason, like a tree had fallen on the train tracks or something like that, he rocked up 10 minutes late and the fucking bomb went off before he got there. And that's the only reason Adolf Hitler is not a footnote in history. And this is why by the time that Valkyrie happened, that's why after that there was not another major attempt because they kind of felt, number one, maybe he really is anointed. And number two, after Valkyrie, he had the SS round up something like 500 conspiracies, yes. conspirators and hang them on meat hooks and slowly die. And it was filmed for his pleasure to watch, to watch them suffer and sit there and choke on their own blood and die. So, I mean, it was so brutal that after that, almost all of them, like the people who actually were conspirators and were still around were like, fuck this. 
And everybody else was like, yeah, nah, the war's not that far from being over anyway. Because mm-hmm. they knew, bro. The, the people in the know, they knew they weren't, you know, more than a year off. And it was like, yep, we're just going to try and ride this out and hopefully not get executed for war crimes after. Right. Well, I mean, you had to look at, at a lot of those people, what they were seeing, too. They were seeing Hitler, you know, who was an absolute methamphetamine junkie. That guy was out there totally cranked off of his mind half of the time. You know, he's out there leading the country. So that, that doctor of his, um, Dr. Morell, that's what they said. Like, if you actually wanted to put it down, if you wanted to blame the war on one person, like how it went down and, and the ongoing stuff, if he wouldn't have kept Hitler fucking going, that's what they reckon is that he either would have been a much mellower version of himself or he would have either been died or incapacitated because he had Parkinson's yeah. and they reckon that this dude just kept him going. And so they said, like, if you want to think outside of the box, you know, that's always the classic thing, go back and kill Hitler. But they say the outside of the box thing would actually be go back and shoot this uh, Dr. Morell because no other doctor was doing the shit he was at the time. That's why Hitler called him his miracle worker mm-hmm. because he was mixing like methamphetamine and heroin and everything else. He was, he was Dr. Nick of Elvis's fucking, day before dr nick you right. know he he kept he kept yeah he kept hitler fucking going yeah and they reckon that if he wouldn't have um it very well could have gone completely different well there's that story where hitler met mussolini for the first time and mussolini agreed to join the war because hitler convinced him so convincingly he talked the entire time and refused to let mussolini get a word in edgewise so mussolini agreed and, and entered the war that's all because of amphetamines you know, and after that, Hitler was like, you know, just gung ho. This is the guy. He knows what he's doing. And after that, that dude prescribed exactly what he had the, the Fuhrer on to the entire elite SS crew. So here you have an entire death squad methed out of their mind coming after some, you know. Unlucky, but, unlucky Jewish people. But um, I will tell you something interesting about that. Until fairly recently, and when I say fairly recently, I mean like the last kind of 10-ish years, um, we all think SS, we think World War II, because SS is, I don't want to pronounce it wrong, but it basically stands for uh, the the German equivalent of stormtroopers, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, they actually started in World War I. At the end of World War I in 1918, when the Germans basically, it was like win the war or bust because... The British were embargoing them so much. What happened was uh, uh, Eric Ludendorff, who was a genius military commander, he, him and Hindenburg were the ones who had basically beat the shit out of the Russians on the Eastern Front. They freed up like four million German soldiers to go to France. Well, what they did was they took these elite squads that they called uh, stormtroopers. They gave them flamethrowers. They gave them... Uh, They didn't have fully automatic like, you know, like AK-47, but they had semi-automatic rifles. They Mm -hmm. had shotguns and they hopped these guys up on uh, methamphetamine and they and they had them be at the tip of the spear. I mean, basically Blitzkrieg before there was Blitzkrieg. Yes. So their job was to just go trench to trench and leave the mopping up for the regular army soldiers. And these guys were without sleep for like a week. And that is actually why it was that and also the rolling barrage of Meaning, so, you know, early on in the war, it was famous for like, we're going to fucking shell you for three days. And then when the shelling stops, it's obvious we're coming. Right. Well, what he actually did was he started the, they only started the shelling 15 minutes before. 
and then they would roll it. So it'd be like the shells would be like 500 feet in front of you. And then you would go in on the back so that the defenders had no chance to regroup. Um, but yeah, I, I had no idea until then that actually like not the SS itself, but I mean the whole tactic of what we would call stormtroopers and the Blitzkrieg actually goes back to the end of World War One, And they basically said as, as much as people shit on America and other countries for coming into the war late and everything else, I mean, you talk to the British commanders of the time and the French commanders of the time, they begrudgingly admit that if the Americans wouldn't have provided fresh troops, they're not saying necessarily they would have lost, but they think that at very best it would have been a stalemate because yeah. they were just worn down. They, the, the guys in the trenches had been worn down. They couldn't rotate soldiers out because of the attrition and that basically you take 3 million fresh men and put them into a battle, which is what the Germans did. If we wouldn't have had the doughboys on the ground, they said there's a very good chance that the Germans could have at least uh, extended the war long enough to get a ceasefire oh, and I not bet. lose the war. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's a, that's a guarantee, man. They had, they had so many advantages on the German front. Like, uh, the, the the most famous one I can think of is in World War II after the war after the war was over and they bombed the Eagle's Nest and we started you know looking out and finding things that the Germans had where we found that that wooden spy plane that they had just up the road from the Eagle's Nest oh yeah where they were in the process this is 1944 Germany has built a plane entirely out of wood you you can't detect covered cup. Covered with rubber on the outside. Covered with rubber, so there's no sharp edges, so you can't be detected on traditional aviation radar. They made an invisible the aircraft. Horton. The Horton 229. Yep. And if they had have just had a couple more months, they could have put that thing into production, and, and we would all be speaking German right now. And if you look, if you go back and you look up, just look up Flying Wing or look up the Horton 229, and the fucking Horton 229 looks almost exactly like the B2 yes. stealth bomber. Yes. And that, yes, that's frightening, man. Yeah. I mean, um, they were no fools. I mean, uh, when I covered so many of the CIA files, you know, um, in the episode, there are multiple instances of people in those files asking, what are the Horton brothers up to? Where are they? And those are the guys who designed this. And the Horton brothers were down in Argentina building fucking planes for Juan Perón. Now, isn't that um, You know, Avita's husband. Isn't yeah, it is. It's very interesting. So here they yeah. are right here. Yeah, there she is. Yeah, it looks familiar, doesn't it, folks? Yep. And they did, Scotty, you're right. I, I saw a special on National Geographic a few years ago because here – we get these channels and like Nat Geo, even it's off the air now. It's not on anymore. Yeah. So our cable, like we don't get like always have discovery channel. It kind of comes and goes, it costs too much and then they don't pay for it. They get rid of it. Well, I saw this special on this mock-up of the original um, design, which was, as you say, wood with a rubber overlay frame. Mm -hmm. And they found that this thing was like 90% effective at, at blocking radar waves. And they said, that there was no plane up until the stealth bomber that was that effective at it. So we're talking about 40 plus years. Um, and you're right on and on um, the the dude, Ferdinand Porsche who uh, invented, you know, he's famous for Porsche, the cars, right? He, 
when so what the Germans did being a fascist state was they didn't just say, hey, Henry Ford, you're going to build um, Jeeps. But he what would've. they did was they. T- yeah. Yeah. What what they did was they tendered it and they said, we want a, like like what America does now, what we copied from the Germans, mm-hmm. which is we want a tank that will do this, has this much armor, this much gun, etc. So when the Tiger, the famous Tiger tank was built which is the Panzer VI. Uh, no, sorry, the Panzer V. The Panzer VI was the Panther. So the, the, the Tiger tank, the original prototype was created by Porsche. And if people who are in the know and are, who are history nerds like me, if you show me a picture of a Tiger, I can tell you if it's the Messerschmitt one or if it's the, the Porsche variant. Well, anyway, Porsche, his tank design had all kinds of problems. It was underpowered in that. But the thing that he did was he had electric motors that controlled the left tread and the right tread. So it was the only tank up until the late 1960s that had independent control of the left tread or the right tread of the tank. So again, Scotty, 20 plus years. So these ones with the with the with that kind of classic pictures, just a bit small. Um, But yeah, like the, the Porsche turret really stands out and. He was so sure that, that they were going to accept his idea. He built like a thousand of them. And then afterwards, when they went with Messerschmitt, they ended up, um, he, they used the chassis for other things. So they built like um, tank destroyers and that out of them. But yeah, this guy, um, again, and, and they were Nazis. Don't get me wrong, you know. Um, <laughs> right. The, 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 yeah, I'm not saying they were good dudes, but all I'm saying is you're absolutely right. They were so far ahead of their time. Yeah. They actually invented, so you know the famous fuel air bombs that we used in Iraq. Mm-hmm. The Nazis were using those on the Eastern Front against Russia. Yeah, And it was so bad that the Russians sent a communication to Berlin. So you know how, like if you're at war with someone, you don't talk to them. But they sent a message to Sweden. So Sweden was kind of the inter- intermittent, um, you know, like if you let Sweden know, they'll let the Nazis know. So they sent a message to Sweden and they said, if you use those fucking bombs again, we're going to use poison gas. That's how bad it was. And it was these fuel air bombs where the Germans were using coal dust because Scotty, you being from central Illinois know exactly how explosive this shit is. Yes. And um, I mean like that, you think about that, like such a low tech item, but it was devastating because it was, it basically sucked all the air out of the area where it exploded because it needed so much air to fuel it. Mm -hmm. And so they said, if you use these around bunkers, the guys inside would just suffocate to death. They had no chance. They wouldn't burn. They'd just suffocate because it just suck all the air out of the bunker. And that's why and they, they were just doing basically. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, and, and the Germans were using it. I mean, the Germans had shit that they, yes, I mean, of course they were going after the bomb. But the reality is the more you dig into this, you're kind of left with two conclusions. Either that number one. The bomb, like the the A bomb, they just realized that um, input output. So what you put into building the bomb versus what you were going to get out of it wasn't worth it. And we have better things, mm-hmm. or that they developed crude. And there are stories about them uh, using, at the very least, what we would call dirty bombs in this day and age. There are stories about pilots seeing mushroom clouds in the late in late forty four in northern Germany. There's stories about the Italian um, uh, 
ambassador to Germany, who is Mussolini's son-in-law, by the way, oh, being yes. present at one of these tests going on. Yeah, um, where he claimed that he saw a mushroom-shaped cloud, and that's what he, they, he uh, did, they they like they like no, to he, say that's the first uh, dirty bomb where where Germany almost had the bomb. It was it was better than that, Scotty. Like he actually went into depth with what they did, how they did it, how they set it up, distances involved. I mean, it's when you read the the paper, it's actually really super in depth. It's not just Oh yeah, they drove me out in the country, and I said, "Look over there," and I saw a mushroom cloud. Yeah, like he was shown how they did it. Like they 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 tied up similar to what we did at the end of the war. You know, with the ships in the harbor, and mm-hmm. the ships were a certain distance from the bomb because they wanted to see the effects. Or like the famous scene in Indiana Jones with the you know the fake town. They did it. They had trees. They had um, dead convicts and that tied up to trees. They used uh, dead pigs as well to kind of see what the effects were going to be on the bodies. And he reckoned that this kind of devastated a two-kilometer circle, which is getting pretty close to a Hiroshima-type blast. That still surprises me to this day, though, that Hiroshima can bounce back and Nagasaki have bounced back the way they have. The reality is, don't get me wrong, bro, I never want to see nuclear war. Right. But most of the shit in the blast is fairly quick half-life, meaning that within kind of five to ten years, most of that radiation is dissipated. It, The reality, and I mean, you already know this because, again, we're children of the 80s. We oh, yeah. know all about this. The reality is if there's a war, it's more going to be all the shit thrown in the atmosphere that's going to starve us out because we're going to have a nuclear winter. Mm-hmm. And... They kind of go back and forth about this, and you'll see different people writing different papers as the years have gone on. I mean, in the early 50s, they thought that if the Northern Hemisphere, for example, got nuked, we're fucked down here. And we would be, but the reality is it wouldn't be nearly as catastrophic for us as it would be for you because the winds from the Northern Hemisphere don't mix Mm -hmm. nearly as much with the Southern Hemisphere as you would think. They go... They go uh, latitudinally more than longitudinally. So it wouldn't be the fallout so much down here. It would more be the effect of taking 80% of the world's population out. So, you know, we get a lot of things imported from China, as we all do, U.S., Europe. Um, and, I mean, that would have a massive effect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it would be sunshine and, and, and posies, but I'd rather be here all day and twice on Sunday than be in fucking L.A. or something. <laughs> No shit, man. Really? No shit. Oh, yeah. But even down here, it wouldn't matter because um, Australia, if if there was a war with Russia or China, either one, Australia is a U.S. ally. So the very least for us, Australia would be glowing and that shit's going to get over here. Because as I told you, when we had the forest fires a few Mm -hmm. years ago in Aussie, we had the smoke come over here. So, yep. I mean, all I'm saying is it would only be a matter of time anyway. We're having that right now in the States. Uh, there is uh, forest fires uh, all throughout summer up in uh, uh, Canada. I know, yeah, yeah, Canada was burnt to the wick pretty much. Right, and now she's uh, she's all hazing up over here. So, yeah. Yeah, man, and, and we're, I think if you go point to point, like like from the point of land closest from Australia to New Zealand, so not population center, mm-hmm. but just land to land, I think it's something like 1,200 miles. 
And so even then, that's not and very like far. I say, those forest fires, yeah, those forest fires were going like 1500 miles and we got the smoke over here, bro. And we had the, the classic red, pink sky and that. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, all I'm saying is I'm under no illusion that we'd be just fine down here. <coughs> right. No, I, I Plus, often... where would I get my bourbon? <laughs> Do you need another bottle of bourbon? Oh, I, I haven't drank much while I've been yeah, in bet. the state that I'm in right now. I That's why not. I'm not drinking tonight. I bet. Um, I had a beer, uh, like last week she had a work function and I went with her because I knew a lot of people in her team and I just had a beer. Do you know what yum cha is? Do you get it there? No. So yum cha, it's actually char. It's yum. Y U M char C H A R. It's, um, you go to these restaurants, a Chinese restaurant, and what happens, the traditional yum cha is they come around with a trolley and they have got different food. And it, it's all meant to be kind of like snack food or um, like think like sushi, right? Okay. Similar. They push it around in, 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 these li in the little bamboo baskets and you say, give me two of those, give me three of those. And every time they give you food, they, they, you, they stamp your ticket to say, They've taken two of these, whatever. And then when you finish, you pay the bill. It, think of it like tapas, okay. but there's somebody going around all the time offering it to you. Uh, the problem is a lot of times if you're not a Chinese speaker and you go, you really don't know what you're getting. Or a lot of times if they know you don't speak Chinese, they don't always bring the best stuff around to you. Yeah, um, You have to know what to want. And then if you wanted something like fried rice or noodles or soup, you have to order it from the kitchen. Again, similar to like a sushi place. Well, um, there's one here that we went to, and this one actually the menu was all in English and that. So it'll be good for us to go back to again. So we went there. And, you know, you get done and you might spend 40, 50 bucks a person, but you've had maybe 10 or 12 different things, you know? It's, it's kind of like a buffet, but not quite. So like you'll have dumplings, different kind of dumplings. You'll have like... Um, Kind of like what I would call Mexican tortilla, or sorry, uh, Chinese tort, uh, enchilada. Uh, fuck, sorry, <laughs> Chinese tamales. There it's, you go. It it just takes me a while because it's been so long since I've been around the Mexican food. So it's kind of like rice with chicken in it, and it's wrapped in um, uh, bamboo leaves, mm. and they steam it. So it's very similar to a like the the consistency, and that's kind of like a tamale. And then, the, you know, there'll be other things involved. So so we went to that and I, you know, I had a beer. But yeah, man, I, I haven't felt much like drinking. I definitely am not having the uh, no Cuban cigar tonight. No, I, I can not. tell you that much. Yeah, I bet not. Uh, brother, man, we're going to have to so, cut her. we're going to have to cut her empty here here in a bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Yeah. What I'm going to do, I'll, I'll just squeeze through our I'm going to find a more interesting question through okay. here. Because sure enough, the next question was about how did Houdini's wife con try to contact him? Hey, we talked uh, okay, about let's that. See. Yeah, and and they say in seances, which is true. Uh, here's a good one. Word. Who was the first first lady to decorate the White House to celebrate Halloween? Ooh, I'm gonna say Dolly Madison. Okay, I'm going to go much newer because Halloween was not the thing that it is until more recently. And I'm going to say simply because I've got four whacks at it, nearly 12 years, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, Ooh. FDR's um, 
So let's see. Oh, no. It was Mamie Eisenhower in 1958. Eisenhower. Okay. So, again, remembering that before our time, like more you go back to our parents' generation, Halloween wasn't nearly the thing that it is. And even, I mean, Thanksgiving oh, yeah. was only made a public holiday in the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's hard to believe, I'm too, just... right? No, that's it. Um, let's see. Which candy was handed out to soldiers during the Vietnam War? Oh, which candy? Uh, mm, boy, I want to say a Mars bar. I remember this because it was in their K rations because I remember seeing one. It was either a movie or one of the TV series about Vietnam, and they're like, what the fuck? Why are we getting this? You know, we're, Don't they know we're in the jungle? Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. Boy, that's got to be like crap. Because that's what they said here. Uh, oh, okay. So, sorry. This is Korea, not Vietnam. But I, I, whatever I saw it in, they were getting it in Vietnam. But oh. it says here, the troops went on to praise the candies for keeping them nourished and even plugging bullet holes in vehicles and equipment. Because <laughs> it would freeze, you know, because it's right. quite cold in Korea when they were there. And they said it would freeze solid. So, like, when they had holes in radiators like MacGyver, it would actually work. Wow. Yeah, man, that's that's pretty cool. That's about the only um, thing they're good for, too, man. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Oh, I remember as a kid, man, when you got those little, like, bags of candy and it'd be random candy, the Tootsie Roll was always kind of the last to go. Yeah, it was like the bastard stepchild of candies. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you uh, can... The only reason they... You can have that. The only, uh, it's oh, just the only reason roll. I liked them when I was young was they were the only penny candy. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, if you had, like, four cents left over... Oh, I can get four Tootsie Rolls. Dude, that, that, oh, that so dates us. We're the last generation, in my mind, that remembers Penny Candy. You, take a you're not quarter, you could take a quarter into the gas station at, at, at Vandalia or Fillmore, and you walk out like a king, man. I remember, um, and I'm sure you remember, I mean, even when we were teenagers, man, you get a... You, you go rocking up to the soda machine, and you got a fat, like a real soda, not a... Not a fucking Mr. Lift or like one of these, <laughs> you know, like uh, what's the uh, Sierra Mist? You know, you didn't yeah. get one of those. You got a branded Coke or, yeah. you know, Sprite, whatever you wanted for a quarter, man. Yep. I remember uh, even in 96, 97, they had the the deal at Walmart. You could get sodas out of the Walmart vending machine for 25 cents. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I loved Walmart because they didn't fuck around. You know, they weren't. They didn't say like instead of Dr Pepper, it's uh, you know, it's 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 Dr Sparkle. They just said yeah. like, um, they they're just like Doctor, you know, or it was like Doctor like Cherry Cola. Yeah, yeah, man. I, so I I just love them for their like. We're not even gonna play the game. We're no. just gonna rip it off. You know, you know who we're who we're uh, imitating. Uh, yeah, and we're not even trying to hide it. Here, come have a Doctor Thunder. Would you like a Mountain Dewish? <laughs> That's it. Our lawyers will beat your lawyers. We <laughs> dare you to sue. Yeah. Shut up. We're paying. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what uh, I hear. What year? What year will have the next Halloween with a full moon? Ooh, twenty. Uh, Remembering that we just had it in twenty twenty. Remember? Yeah, I was gonna say it'll be like what twenty forty. Good, good guess, Scotty. Twenty thirty nine. I'll give you credit for Ooh. that. That's very close. Nice. Give or uh, take. Yeah, man, that's that's very close. It just goes 
to show how rare it is. I was going to say um, it should be with, with when that it'll be within that window. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I'm still kicking, man, I'll have to do something special for that. Um, yeah. And, and there, and he, sure enough, here we go. We scroll through and it says, what was the first rep penny candy in America? And it was the Tootsie roll. So Tootsie roll is coming at being represented on this list. Right. Barfing what, in the, in the what, collective conscience. <laughs> Here, here's the last one, and then we'll we'll just chat for a bit. What phobia do you suffer from if you have an extreme fear of Halloween? I think this is oh. really good for Halloween because I've never heard of this. Boy, I have no idea on that one. It's got to be some kind of uh, fear of black cats or something. And and fear Scotty, this afraid. is actually this brings us full circle because I'm not going to pronounce it the right way, but Sam Hainophobia. Seriously? Samanophobia. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yep. I think it's great. Um, fear of cats is coimetrophobia. Yeah. Fear of clowns is coldropophobia. I knew that one. We know spiders. Witches are wiccophobia. Uh, the dark is nyctophobia. Ghosts are plasmaphobia or phasmophobia. And cemeteries are coimetrophobia. Coim fucking latin yeah right everybody's <laughs> you're gonna be fine in a cemetery everybody there who could hurt you is dead yeah man I, look you're, i've you're never really go. been freaked out in a cemetery like i mean yeah granted i'm not hanging around there at 3 a.m but yeah. you know i've never I, it's never been like in the movies oh no it's it's getting dark i can tell from the shadow we only have another hour like well we've had yeah. friends here on the show uh and the ones i'm thinking of are the jeff city paranormal society who actually do they have at, you know, late at night gone out to cemeteries and like tried to hone their skills of their of their uh, their, their their psychics and their 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 things like that. And uh, some of the things that they've they've told us, uh, one of the ones I remember is uh, one of them said, uh, whenever we go out and about and we go to a Catholic cemetery, it's always very, very quiet. You never hear anything. There's never, you know, any commotions. Uh, psychically, at least, you never hear anything. But there's a couple of cemeteries that I live by, and one of them has a children's cemetery located in it. And another one is an old cemetery. It was one of the first ones in the area that was built on or near an Indian burial ground. <laughs> of course. And the Indian burial ground one is the one where uh, our psychics have seen the most things, like... Uh, beasts that have stood up on two legs, like bipedal beasts that'll walk up and then stand up on two legs and leave as a human, things like that. So it almost it almost begs the question, once we die, do we almost will the afterlife we're expecting onto us? Because... yes. Catholics, Catholics believe you're going to go and talk to God and water pot plants and all of that. And you're going to be, you know, singing the Sunday choir. Yeah. You're yeah. not, you're not going to be here at all for Catholics. This is where yeah. we are. But when you die and you're Catholic, you're going to go over here. Right. And then when you, when you, yep, exactly. And then, then when, when you get more into the, for lack of a better term, the pagan or the tribalism type thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it you know it is interesting. I mean, if you kind of buy into the whole we are gods, you know, for lack of a better term, just the whole belief that we are more powerful than we realize as entities. That each one um, of us has a god within us. 
Yeah, there's yeah. there's all kinds of stories. Uh, you know, sorry, it shouldn't say stories. There's all kinds of theories out there, like where God's inhabiting our bodies, so we can't perceive all of this with our senses, but the spirit inside of us is basically an unlimited power being. Oh, I know so, what you're talking. You're yeah, talking. Yeah, you're talking so, the theory that within each one of us is a is a spark of di- of the divine. And yeah. each one of us alone doesn't matter. But when you get a group of us together, we are all collectively that we're all collectively a God, a, a bit and a piece of a God. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, you hear about a lot of the people that tell stories of, of dying or being reincarnated mm-hmm. and they talk about where you go in between lives. And again, if you just think about it that way, think of it kind of like being, Monday through Friday at work, I have to be buttoned down. But on the weekends, you know, I lay shit down. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that. Like in between lives, you have basically got access to all of the knowledge of the universe. It's just that your human body can't begin to fathom it. And that's why you're not allowed to remember it. And this is, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is the answer, but it would make sense why so many of these kids who have reincarnation mm-hmm. stories tend to fade away at like five or six of those memories of a former life. Because from a pure coping thing, you know, it's not going to do you any good in this life if you know, hey, this is like, I'm just basically playing the part. And when this is over, none of what I'm doing now is going to matter. It's not going to do them any good. Because you're not going to learn anything from the life if you basically already know it's quote unquote the matrix. It's yeah. you're just playing in a play, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it yeah it totally makes sense, Scott. Um, and yeah, man. I mean, what I've heard from people around cemeteries is that there's a few things to remember. Number one, uh, just as much paranormal, unexplained activity goes on during the day as at night. But there's a couple reasons why we see it more at night number one we we don't expect to hear odd sounds and noises at night so like during the day example if i'm sitting out here in the garage and i hear something moving in the other room oh it's probably the wind or it's a bird like you say Mm -hmm. if i hear that at 2 a.m i'm gonna have a different reaction right and then yeah and then the other reason uh that i hear also is that all of that again that background noise just the sound of the city, people driving cars, your neighbor's kids playing in the yard. You remove all of that, and it just allows your senses to zone in on on what you're hearing. It also and, allows uh, your mind so to yeah. wander, though, too, you know, and you start to fill oh, yeah. in the gaps. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt, man. Pareidolia is real. I've got right. no doubts there. But um, that's what uh, the the easiest way to say it is a lot of the people that I've heard from that go out and do these investigations, like they say, the reality is you tend to hear more at night because you expect to hear more at night, if that makes sense. Yeah. The the same ones. Like uh, your brain is saying. Yeah. Yeah. The same group that talks about the uh, the, the, the pagan uh, Indian burial ground cemetery talks about the uh, cemetery next to my house that has a, uh, a section for Catholics, a section for non-Catholics, and then a section for children. And they always say the section for children has uh, a bunch of old, generally old male-dominated figures that stand around it. 
Oh, for Christ's sakes. And so I we're not even safe from the Jimmy Savills of the world after they're uh, dead. That's eh? that's exactly what I wondered. I wonder, is it is it old men who are trying to protect the babies? Is it old men who want to get a piece of the babies? It, like, like, what is it? Do you not get a break in the, in the afterlife? Un- unfortunately, Scotty, my experience with humans in general, I think there's many more old men that want, want, want to get a piece of the babies than want to protect the babies. You know, I, I think if anything, it would be the old women, the old ladies, you know, they are the ones that get quite defensive around children. They're also know, the ones who drown mistreated. them and, 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 you know, poison oh, yeah. them and everything like that too. So that makes you wonder. Is oh yeah. It, yeah. Is it something there for sinister purposes? Is it something there for protection purposes? Like what the hell? Or when, is it a punishment? Well, or is it a punishment? Like you say, you know, they, they, they killed the kid. So, so now they have to you know, watch let's over them. Say, exactly. You, you killed a kid cause they were too annoying, making too much noise. Now fucker, guess what? You got to spend eternity with them. Now that would be an interesting thought. I never even put that one together that it could be a punishment. Oh man, there are some there are some things that I hear that are just mind-bending theories. One, a few theories about life in general and like what's behind life. I've heard a few interesting ones. Uh, one is that basically you basically live your life on loop. Mm-hmm. It's Groundhog Day. You're going to be Scott Merriman this lifetime. You're going to get to the end, pass away. You're going to be reborn as Scott Merriman in 1978. You're going to go through the whole thing again. You're going to live it the same way, pretty much. You'll never experience what the future's like. That's one really interesting theory. I don't necessarily think it's right, but I, I, it's quite unique. I haven't heard that a lot. So when Another you die, one that you I go find, back and you start at your birth date again? Yes, and oh, you're God. never anyone else but Scott Merriman, and I'm never anyone else but JT. And you will relive your life, and you will never know in the next life that you've relived that life. It's like literally if you had Alzheimer's and you sat down and watched Sands of Iwo Jima every day at 2 o'clock and you never remembered that you'd seen the movie and you're going to watch it every day, you're going to react the same way, you're going to get up and go to the bathroom at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. That's a bit depressing, and I don't know if I'm on board with that, but I'll tell you another theory I heard fairly recently, and this one is really interesting. So the theory goes that Basically, and I think this is an awesome theory for, I want to, like, if we're thinking positive and we want to believe the best in the universe, I think that this theory would be awesome for proving that. And this theory states that basically you, you know, you live your life as Scott Merriman, you pass away, you come back as JT. You come back as Dolly at the goal state or at the uh, at Casey's. You come back as every person who's ever lived in the history of mankind. You will live every life of every person who has ever lived or ever will live. And because basically as a soul, time is infinite to you and it doesn't matter. But the thing to me is if that theory was true, what's the point of fucking racism, misogyny, anything else or getting in fights, violence, anything, because you're literally only punishing yourself. And I think that that is an awesome theory. I like that theory, too. That's the uh, that's the egg theory, where everyone is everything. So at the end of the day, when Hitler massacred thousands and millions of Jewish people, he killed himself. He, he tortured yeah. himself. 
Yeah, I think that's a fascinating one. I um, do too. Stuff like this, it, it's amazing. Like that, um, like I, I can sit here and talk with you, like stuff like this, and Dave. But you'd be amazed how many random people I've mentioned this to, and it's like their brains just melt. Yeah, and it's like I can see why people just want to watch their football and go to the movies and drink their slits. Because oh, I can too. Some people out there just can't cope with, you know this kind of stuff. And it's like, they, they, it's like the brains melt, like the, like in, um, uh, the, the, um, uh, oh, fuck Indiana Jones, you know, <laughs> when, when they open when, the arc and, yeah, ah, and his, and his eyes face just is melting. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't get that but, though. Um, I, I don't understand the people that, I, I mean, I, I do. And I don't, I understand the people that, that just want to go out and spend those every, every Saturday and every Sunday tailgating and doing sportsy stuff and getting away from life. Why? Cause I'm doing the same thing. I'm drinking and podcasting with my friends and having a great time, you know, trying to get away for a bit. It's just, everyone does the same thing, but we do it in different ways. You know, and that 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 would that would be an amazing situation if I do die and I come back and I'm I'm somebody else now from a different time period. Yeah, I I mean, I my experiences with reincarnation, i.e., can I tell you that I was someone in another life, or do I have memories? No, no. Um, I have had real strange moments of deja vu. I have flashes, um, which yeah. I find it. I find it very difficult to explain in any other way than if either in an alternate timeline mm -hmm. or in an alt in a past life, I had some connection to this, that or the other. Yep. Um, and one of and and is is uh, what's the way to say it? As as much as a crystal and taro way of saying it, this might be. Look, I do believe you attract certain people in your life for certain reasons. I mean, why is it, Scotty, that you and I have kept touch? I mean, yeah, granted, on and off, but we've kept touch all this time. And right. there were people that you and I were both much closer to. Oh, yeah. And they're basically dead to us. I mean, we wouldn't even know where to find them. And again, uh, if you listen to past life theory, a lot of times this is because these people that are your inner circle in life were relatives or friends or close people to you in another life. And um, I mean, I think we've all met people that we've instantly clicked with and been like, it's so weird that you just have an instant connection with this person. Yep. Um, be it, you know, just a friend or be it, you know, the, the opposite sex or, or, you know, same sex, if that's what you're into. I just do find it really interesting that. Yeah. I mean, I just, all I'm saying is, Number one, I'm not going to lie. I would love if there was more to it and we could prove reincarnation and that we've been here before and we've been there in the future. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's one thing if you said to me of all of the things out there, JT, what do you wish was true? I wish the egg theory was was true. I'll take that over aliens all day Oh yeah. because um, it just goes to show how fucking shitting on each other and bullying each other and everything else is just absolute fucking retardation of the strongest degree. I mean, it's, I mean, oh, why did, why did you make that guy's life a living hell going through school? Cause he likes the sports team. I don't like, right. And you fucking gave him PTSD over that really, you know, or she didn't have the newest fucking handbag. And so you fucking bullied her all the way through school to the point to where she's 40 years old and doesn't even feel that she has a right to live. It's like, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, and yeah, to me, like I say, I've always argued if you said to me, if I could invent a machine, I would just love to have that machine that can put the the perpetrator in the shoes of the victim and feel what the victim goes through. And I think that if you had that device, you know, the world, like, like we would literally be doing the whole, the world without violence. And we're like living in fucking the year 5,000, you know, we got time travel and instantaneous uh, teleportation and everything oh, else. Yeah. Cause the amount of time people, yeah, people spend on both sides, the amount of time people spend being bullied and the amount of time people spend trying to recover from trauma I mean, it's just sickening. Like that, as a species, this is what we use our time on, you know? Yeah. No, man, absolutely. We think of some of the stupidest things to waste our time on. It seems like, you know, as a species, at least. Oh, and yeah, and and at least you can argue with school and that. And at that age, we're still learning. But man, I still see people this day and age in their thirties and forties, and I see that clickism, you know, and the way that they treat others that don't fit in their group and it's like you've gone through half your life if not more and you still haven't figured out that that's utter bullshit like yeah. what's wrong with you to some, you just want to slap them you know you just you want know, to give them yeah the five the, the five knuckle shuffle man across the across the face <laughs> to with some a lead people, pipe. to some people brother high school never ended you know and that's a shame yeah man i've seen it thank god it did for us man thank god thank you jesus absolutely Oh, JT, brother man, it's been a good one. I have to go to work super early tomorrow, so I apologize. I got to cut it early tonight. But thanks, hey, man. For... I do too. Um, not as early as you with the time differences. Yeah, but yeah. I got to get up about three thirty here, so I'll be doing the same. I was gonna say thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Always, man. Um, yeah, I did try to weave some spookiness in there. Sorry if it wasn't too spooky, folks. I love the but, spookiness. Um, we'll do better next time. Heck yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us on the old 77. Thanks, everyone. You make sure you support these guys. <laughs> Shameless plugs. Shame. Yeah, we don't even play games anymore, man. It's just support support them or else. <laughs> I'll come to your house and um, take a dump on your doorstep and blame the neighbor. Hey, it's Halloween. You might have a dumpkin. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Cannon personal squirt. He's just like me. He's little. He's very speedy. Arriba, arriba. And he reproduces so good. The new improved Canon personal squirt. Give you a better anti-obeso. Welcome back, bitches. Halloween part two here on the old 77, and we are cooling it down yeah thank you louis oh you're welcome good job man good job. eventually i'm gonna get to where i can do that so yeah. I'm, well, I'm just gonna will myself to, well you to smoke enough packs of camels you'll get there man <laughs> did louis smoke or is oh louis yeah he was a smoker he was a smoker yeah, okay. heavy smoker from yeah. what maddie said you know and some of those dudes that i worked with in radio that that's just part what of they did man i'm uh, uh that art... was what you did to shape your voice back in the day uh, art bell oh yeah right I worked with a lot of girls. I think the last I was probably the last generation of of people that actually followed that smoker's advice. Yeah. Because yeah. I worked with a lot of chicks, a lot of girls that, that that did that just to shape their voice to speak on radio. How come like 
I wonder, maybe you might know, have they found other ways to shape your voice that way without, you know, killing yourself at the same time? You know, I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. It's not nothing quite, it's, <laughs> nothing it's, quite it's, like it's it. nothing like drugs, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Think about it. Yeah. Some of your favorite artists, yeah. once they cleaned up, did you still like them? You're Did the not Chili wrong. Peppers still sound like the Chili Peppers after they got clean? I, I mean, they're better now. But some of their stuff that comes out now, you're like, what the fuck? Well, Put man, the sock back on, bro. I, I I have not been a huge fan of most of their new stuff. The The last album yeah. that they put out that I that I really enjoyed was Stadium Arcadium. Yeah, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. And one. I really enjoyed the one before that, by the way. Oh yeah, which is a very slept-on album, but th- there's so many good songs on that album. Like, there's really not a bad song on that album, and and the other great thing about that album, and they do this on other albums too, but but especially on that album, they really made great use of like vocal harmonies mm-hmm. and sounding almost like kind of like the Beatles and the Revolver now, days. Forgive me, that was right before John Frusciante came back. The second no, no, time, Fr- right? Frusciante was back uh, in By The Way. He was, was he back he, for he By The Way? He was on that album. That okay. was the album. Uh, well, now, see, now i got to double-check myself. See, I was thinking he came back at the one right after that. Well, I know for sure he was on By The Way, but now I'm getting the just the order of the albums fucked up. I know Stadium Arcadium c- came after By The Way. And I'm thinking Stadium Arcadium was for what came, as well, what, right? What, but what came right before Stadium Arcadium? Do you remember oh, that? Dude, you're killing me. Yeah, I know. No, I I'm, don't. I'm, I'm going to pull and it I, up here. You know, I would have until you said, hey, man, do you know what happened? Californication. Yeah, was that it? Californication was 99. By the way, was 02. Okay. Stadium Arcading was 06. There you go. So, yeah, we got we got that right. And and we've talked about this before, but you and I both saw them tour oh, on, the, on the Californication God, tour. that was such a good show, too. It was too. a very good show. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah I did, too. By the way, I, um, another great album, Stadium Arcading, was a great album, although that could have been like a phenomenal album if they would have condensed it into one. How many double albums can you say that about? You know, a lot, right? Okay. Give me one. Uh, how, oh, about, no, 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 how, how about I... Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? <laughs> Damn it, I knew you were going to say that. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Melancholy I'm... was a good album, though. I, I enjoyed it. No, no, I fucking love that album. Mel- Melancholy dude, and I, the Infinite Sadness. I listen to that album all the time, dude. I listen I, to the I Pumpkins just listened all... to it the other day. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I listened to it. Like, they were one of my number one bands growing up. They really inspired my guitar sound. Like, I bought a Big Muff pedal just because oh. Billy used a Big Muff pedal. I always wanted a Big Muff. Um and I'm sure I've said this before. And I wanted to get a pedal, too. But so. the Pumpkins were, in my eyes, I can't think of another band that was better than the Pumpkins at harnessing guitar feedback oh, yeah. and turning it into, like, a melodic thing. You know, they would. Billy was one of those crazy, mad scientist dudes in that the studio. That wasn't necessarily all Billy, though, either. Actually, most of it was, though, dude, because, he, like, even on some of those early albums, he played all the instruments. Like, I think on, on Siamese Dream. He played all of them? I think on Siamese Dream, he played no, may, or may, maybe all of them except for the drums. I think maybe Jimmy may have done the drums. Um, I would say Chamberlain, you can definitely tell when he's on and when he's not. Chamberlain's great, dude. Chamberlain is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that they tossed him out of the band. Well, they tossed like, him out of the band because he was, he was using Yeah, heroin. well, I mean. Well, their keyboard player died. Yeah, that was why they fi- that was yeah. why they fired yeah, he uh, overdosed. Uh, Jimmy too because he, they were together that night. I yep. think right. Well, no, Jimmy. Uh, this was after Jimmy had been warned, and then this dude OD'd. I thought that that it all happened on the same night, but I could be wrong. I don't know that for sure. Oh, I don't know about all that. I do know from watching, I think uh, behind the music or whatever it was that that uh, they had a problem 
with uh, I think it was James James Eha, the guitar player number two came in. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not all Billy. It's James too. That dude can wail on the guitar. He can. As well. So I I found something about that. Somebody on Reddit asked yeah. if Billy played all the instruments on some of the studio albums and said uh, this person said. It's true on Gish and Siamese Dream. On Gish, I can see. Darcy Evans even talked about it. If Billy can do it in three takes and I can do it in ten and we are paying for studio time, it makes more sense to let Billy do it. Uh, people often think this means Darcy and James had no input on the songs. That's not true. Billy talks about jamming with the whole band during the writing process to create songs. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, yeah, they're definitely... Right at the top of my list of favorite 90s bands. You know what, man? Sure. Uh, uh, I enjoy the Pumpkins, but the whole Darcy lineup, man, with her on the bass, it just seems right. Yeah, I mean, you that's know? the that's the lineup that I the only fell other, in love with. The, the only other lineup, Pumpkin-wise, that I fell in love with uh, was Melissa Oftamar on the bass. Yeah. And she's amazing. If you guys don't know about it, Melissa Oftamar, she is the former bass player for Hole. Uh, she played on, uh, I think she played on Malibu. Okay. If you're familiar with yeah, that tune. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and the album that that one came off of, which ironically, Billy Corgan wrote. Celebrity and that's, Skin. Yeah, and I think that's how, uh, I think that's how the, the whole connection's made. Yeah, right, because weren't Billy and, and, uh, Courtney Love a thing? Yeah, at, at for a bit. Time, and apparently, yeah. you know, supposedly yeah, a, lot, wrote, a lot of the songs were yeah, written about her. he wrote Celebrity Skin and, uh, what was the first one? Live Through This was written uh-huh. by, uh, Kurt Cobain. But I've also heard that, um, like a lot of the songs that Billy wrote on, I think, Siamese Dream were about her. Probably. I, I could see that, you know. I don't know. Have you noticed that, that Billy has been a lot more out there in the past couple of years? Yeah. He's, he's been doing a lot more interviews. Like yeah. he did, a, I think he did an interview with Rick Beato. You know Rick Beato, Dude, right? Dude, he is big in uh, his hometown of Chicago, in his neighborhood. And he's, he's also really active. big. He's big into wrestling too. You know that, right? Oh, is he? Is he doing you that still? You didn't? Okay, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He still is. He's still is doing heavily, that. Heavily I was really hoping he had not done that anymore. But yeah, no. I, I good mean, on him, I guess. He, he might not be into it at, at this exact moment, but right. last I heard, he that was still a thing that that he was really into. But. Um, an interesting thing about him from a guitar uh, player nerdy standpoint is that back in the day, Billy was a real, really snobby about his different pedals and equipment that he, he was would an use. asshole. There's no no mixing around, man. That but dude now, was a fucker. Now he he has a digital pedal that yeah. he does everything with. And so I say that because if it's good enough for Billy, I feel like you know they must have come a long way. I I love the Smashing Pumpkins. I just want to say that, but. Those guys were fucking assholes back in the day. And I say that because I had friends that went down to Carbondale and they went to Carbondale. And I knew people who went to Carbondale to see them when they first, I think it was Gish, they were touring on it. They were in a van and they were just driving to Southern Illinois and they were going to all the college towns. Right. And uh, this was back in the day when you could get really fucking close. Billy still had hair, you know. Yeah. And so they were playing a show and I remember them spitting on the crowd. Oh, shit. And it was like, get the fuck out of here, man. You yeah, know, you're not, not cool. that cool. Yeah. I'm not listening to, you know, mayonnaise for this. Yeah. No, not to get spit on. That's right? why That's why you don't buy pit seats, my friend. Uh, well, that's all it was back then. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like the show I went to. Shout out to Stoplight Observations. Dude, That I saw that. You sent pictures of that? Yeah. <laughs> that was a great show, That place man. was tiny. Yeah. It was this little place in Kansas City called the Record Bar. Tiny. And, you I know. Mean, it's like. Th- this studio is bigger than that. It place. was basically a bar with like a dance floor and <laughs> and, and a stage, you know, and, and it wasn't even a real legit stage. Like oh, the stage man. wasn't as high as. Oh, as I bet it was probably just been. a riser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, these guys. Uh, 
I think we, I shared them with you on the air, right? Mm-hmm. Was that last week? Or, I think so. Well, it's uh, been a couple, it'd have been a couple weeks, weeks ago, ago yeah. now, yeah. Um, what, yeah. Was, what was their name again? Stoplight Observations. There you go. Or Shameless you could, plug. Or, or you could call them Slow for short. <laughs> they, were, um, they were at this little place in Kansas City called The Record Bar. Um, we met them on the way into the club. They were all just standing out there by their van. No like, kidding. That's how not famous they are yet. <laughs> Um, they've got a song called Too Young, and it's the number two in the word young, and it's all like one word. There's no spaces. I played that one for you. That's that's probably like their their biggest song. I think it's got like 15 million streams on Spotify. And then they got a few songs that, that are hovering, you know, between one and two million you know Man. so like they've so they're right there on the brink they've got some songs that have hit but you know obviously i found out the other night like you can still go see them and be in the front row like easily if you yeah. want to and dude they blew me away Man, they were great ain't nobody blew up like uh, that anthony oliver oh yeah, yeah Do you know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah yeah the, the, uh, the rich man north of richmond yeah the guy that all the republicans played his song and he was like no fuckers this song's about <laughs> you too that is funny. Yeah, that's, that's great. That that is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was about everybody. It but wasn't the dudes, just about I, I've watched Democrats. him on uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, I've watched him on Joe Rogan. I, I saw he's him. He's got I, a nice head on his shoulder. Yeah, man. no, he definitely does, yeah. and, and he's handled it. Th- he's handled his fame the right way. Like uh, I don't last... know if it's I don't know if it's been done the right way because Jordan Peterson even asked him. He was like, "So they're telling me you've turned down eight to ten million dollar offers twice yeah. now," and he yeah. was like. Yeah, I, I want to be able to control the narrative, and I want to be able to do this, and I want to be. You able think to he do might that. regret that later? And, yeah, and he even asked him. He was like, "But that's like, do you do you have a plan for that? You, you you've got to capitalize now." Yeah, he's like, "What's the point of doing this if you can't, you know, capitalize now and do all that?" And he was like, "I don't care about that." Yeah, and he flat I, out I think was he's like, right. and he flat out was like, "That's not what I want to be about. I want to be about the music, and I want to be about this, and I yeah. want to be about that." And then I he, respect he that. turned around and was like, as an artist, he's like, I always want to meet my artists, right? So if anybody wants to meet me, he's like, I'll be here, 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 and here. Yeah. He's like, and I will I will stay until the very last one is gone. I'll shake yeah. your hand. I want to get to know you. Tell me your stories. You yeah, know? yeah. And he's like, that is more important to me than the money. Yeah, I respect and the shit out of that. That's when Jordan Peterson said the same thing. He was like, well, shit. Yeah. If that's the case, you you want more enrichment, you know. And then he went yeah. on and did his whole thing. But and I feel like it. Uh, but the guy wants something more than just money. He wants yeah, that. That good. That's that where that's, more than we need more people like I that. I love man. that. Yeah, we I need love more people that. like that because money corrupts people and it corrupts people so quickly. You know what, man? You can be doing this thing right, and you can and 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 say you're good at it, and people just throw money at you left and right, and and they're gonna pay you whatever they can for you to do this one thing that you're good at right and you're really good at it and it just it's you've just been so good at it for so long you just don't care about it anymore you know and eventually it fades and it eh, fucking cares yeah you know yeah and that you know that probably will happen to him but and, and at the end of the day though but at the end of the day, no matter how much money they throw at you, if you are not happy, I mean, right. it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do it. Well, you know, they've You're actually going to be more more rich, miserable. Yeah, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. You know, they've actually studied it, and and what they have found is that, at least in America, you know, um, uh, above about seventy five grand a year, you, you don't get any more happy. Whether it's yeah. uh, you know, a hundred grand or a mill. You're not going to be any more happy than you are, you know, at about 75. When you reach the point where you can pay your bills and hopefully, you know, have a little extra spending money, basically, if you can get if you can meet that need, 
you know, it's great to have money, I guess, and eh. be able to buy I guess. whatever the fuck you want. But you just get out of more shit. But it also creates a whole bunch of new challenges too. And I mean, I mean, fuck, how many Amen. stories have we heard about people that have won won the lottery and they blow it all, and and you know, they alienate their family in oh, the process. Yeah. And oh, yeah. and at the end of the day, they've got nothing with nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've got no money, and they have no family because they've, yep. you know, yeah. So it ain't all about the it ain't all about the Benjamins, bro. No, I agree. I don't care what no. they say. Um, I agree, man. Um, I think every... And just ask... If you don't understand what we're talking about, I think ask every young, budding father. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, baby's still in the womb, he's daddy-to-be, you know? Because he's thinking about it, I guarantee. Like, money does not... He can do, and we can do, and you can do, whoever's listening right now can do... Over time until, you know, your your bank account is stacked full. But at the end of the day, all that time that you missed with your family and the things that they went out and did without you, are, are they ever going to, you know? Yeah. Are, are they going to remember you were, you know, even there? Or yeah. were you there for the things? There was a meme that came out on Facebook a few weeks ago that said, you know, in 20 years, the only people that are going to remember that you worked late nights are going to be your kids. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna remember that from their nice, comfy, cushy, high rise apartment that they were able to get because of the education that you busted your ass to get them, or, hopefully. or whatever. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. So I think there's a balance there. You know, that's the American. There's a balance dream. between providing with your money and providing with your time. I I think the American dream is fractured or borderline broken. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with that because I don't think you. It, it's it's it's. It's deemed you to automatically get out of high school and you go straight to college, right? Yeah. I don't think college is for everyone. No, I don't think it is either. And I think even people that go to college and graduate still are in debt for their whole lives. Right. Just because you go to college and graduate, hello, yes, doesn't mean you're going to go out there and you know get a high-paying job. No, not at all. So It doesn't even mean you're going to go out and get a job. No, you, not you these days. You may have to do something completely different. Yeah. Than what you got your degree in, or that's or what I'm doing. Whatever your field of study is. Yeah, that's what know? I'm doing, but not not because I was forced to, but more so just because I'm happier. And that's another thing, man. Yeah. Maybe you get into what you were were studying for, and you realized, ooh, this yeah. ain't for me. You make a few bucks doing something that you like doing, and then you realize, oh, wait a minute, this is a thing that I could do and yeah. make money doing it. And, yeah. You know. The tough, the tough road for somebody like me, for like a, a musician or an artist or somebody like that, is, is that you know, they don't make nine to five jobs for those people typically. No, you know, they they do some of them, but but most of the people in those types of fields are doing like gig work. But you it know? depends on what you want to do though. With that, do you want to be the guy writing? Do you want to be the guy scripting? Do you want to be the guy setting up the gig? Do you yeah. want to be the guy at the gig? You know. Well, a lot of times you want to be the guy you know playing at the gig but you're the guy <laughs> setting up the gig because you're well you you're have to guy. settle that and maybe you you have to settle with that and you probably also have a band on the side that maybe you tour with sometimes or whatever but you're not making enough money doing that so you're also the roadie for this other band you know right. what i mean like that's yeah. what it's that's what the life of a musician is you yeah. know you're 
unless you're very lucky just try to you don't just have yourself. one yeah like you don't just have one gig that you do when you're a musician you, yeah. you have you have a few little hustles that you have well dude if you're a talented musician the the, the gig should come to you to be honest <laughs> to a degree but you also have to go out there and because just going out there and being there creates more opportunity right. for those things to fall into your lap well that's that's just the whole networking thing you know? yeah and i have found that out through teaching you know at first it it was hard, somewhat hard for me to find students because I hadn't been teaching before, you know, and so people just didn't know. But now I've been doing it long enough. I've taught enough people that, like, now just through word of mouth, students come to me, Dope. you know. So that's 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 nice, but it yeah. t- but it takes time. Oh yeah, and I'm lazy. Like the music academy did all that work for me. They're the ones that find all my students. But shouldn't shit. that be the way it is? I mean, I don't know if that's what it, the way that it should be, but that's the way do that the students w- pay you, or do the academy? Pay they you? pay the academy. The academy takes a cut. So they pay you. The academy pays you to do this. Correct. So, perfect. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Then, man, you've got a nice little synergistic. Uh, opportunity thing going. Yeah, they do. They do a thing for me by finding students, so I don't have to do that. And right. also, I can give all my lessons at one location yep. because, especially and for somebody like me that lives in the middle of nowhere, yeah. doing private lessons, especially if I have to travel to that student, that turns a half hour lesson yeah. into an hour and a half of my time. Have you thought about like recording lessons? Uh, like like, like, like your, doing like a YouTube channel type thing. Not necessarily a YouTube channel, but like if any of your students get sick or or like give them something to take home and practice with. Yeah, I mean, I definitely give. I, I definitely try to ha- have something for all of them to practice in between lessons. Yeah. Absolutely, we're always working on something, yeah. whether it's a song or a well, scale. I was, I was or... thinking you should do some scales and do a video and be like, "Hey, here's the scale. Show it to them and then." Give them a copy of the video, like send it home with them or something, or email it to them. Hey, practice along with this. Yeah. But see, I, w- I don't get paid for the time that I spend creating that shit. Hmm. So I don't do that shit. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I was going to say, would they pay you for the creativity? Well, I will say this, because what I just said sounds selfish. <laughs> um, I do have students that like will ask me to do shit, and I'll just say that I do spend a lot of time helping students. Yeah when I'm not actually doing their lesson and technically I probably should get, get, be getting paid for that time, but I don't ask to get paid. Well, for I was time. just thinking if you had a friend who had a studio who could record audio and video and yeah. all that shit, man, he could probably just do it for you. For yeah. Free. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I wonder you know, who that could be. I mean, that guy's a dick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> fuck him for even bringing it up. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I was thinking that would be cool if you had like a little teaching library or something, you could take that from wherever you went, man. Yeah. I mean, that's always a possibility. I kind of feel like, that market might be really saturated just because I'm or I, I get so many ads for yeah, instructional but, videos. But, and but shit. that's not what that would be geared for. That would be more geared for like personal students. That would be for personal students. And that would also, well, you're talking about name recognition and them like recognizing, you know, yeah. we're recommending you and, and on a first name basis with some of them and, and how it's word of mouth that would fire you in that community man yeah well he's got you know he's got this series of videos that i can watch and play along with yeah i can come home i can do this hey who's this guy there's that guy yeah you'd be everywhere yeah and if and if 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 giving lessons was my main focus right now then then i would have some incentive to do that but like i'm at the point right now because i only teach one night a week where like i 
I don't. I I have to turn people down. I would say if you ever get to that point, though, let me know, man. We can, yeah, that's uh, a we great can, idea. Yeah, we can boom you out. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I you know I'm trying to keep one foot in the teaching door and I kind of keep one foot in the radio door. And well, and, and I was going to say that would also keep you in that uh, in that teaching area too, because yeah. you could you could literally, as you're teaching, have the whole courses lined up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So how would I make money from doing that though? Like, w- would I sell the courses separately? You would sell from the, the courses time? online. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have an online presence. You could have like your DaveJordan.com or whatever, or LearnToPlayGuitar.com or whatever. Yeah. And then you would like promote this, you know, whatever. I'm I'm gonna say five part course. You yeah. know, where you teach uh, uh, the basics. Uh, a B C, you know. Yeah, so like I put then you a bu- do harmonics, then you do one yeah. on you know vocal phrasing, then you do one you know maybe on strum pattern, you know, yeah. and then at the end you can put it all together and make a song out of it. Build a website and have a bunch of free videos on there, and then say at the end of the video, if you like this video, you yeah. should check out my paid course. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a lot of those already out there. Oh, there's a lot of them out there, but yeah. you're the one who is local, and you're already doing stuff. Yeah, but local so the, doesn't matter if you're selling on no, the internet. No, but the though. word of mouth locally is where you have to tie that in. Yeah. So they're going to come around and they're going to come to you, right? And if they really want that, they're going to recommend you to their friends. They're going to be like, oh, well, you know, this is this is my my brother's cousin he goes to school out in arizona and he really wants to learn how to play guitar there's this great dude in town and he's local oh and he's got a he's got a website he does it online too and there's a whole series you could probably go there and and buy the course or whatever you know it's not a bad idea actually and then if for some reason you decide to change schools wherever you go you could use the pre-recorded stuff that you have that you're teaching with yeah. you'd have to make it evergreen so it never goes old you know yeah. brown-eyed girl would probably be in there a couple of times yeah. you know things yeah. like that um <clears throat> but you could also you know you could just keep updating it and do different courses, different songs, yeah. different whatever. You go through America's Playbook if you wanted to. Yeah, they never do a whole thing on campfire songs. Yeah, and they never you know, they last forever so you could make money off of them well after you actually create them that's the good thing about doing something like that is you can continue to make residual money but then if you keep making ones that are exactly the same where it's evergreen content and you you start building a library upon that that's when you start marketing that library Yeah, yeah 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 you got a whole fucking master plan over there scotty this is what I'm doing at my current job. I'm. They want me to radio the shit out of everything. I feel like you've got a pretty good marketing mind. I do, but nobody ever listens to me, <laughs> and that's what bothers me. Like that's what bugged me at the last gig, man. Yeah, I got that that uh, that stigma or that personality, like you know that that association that I was just an asshole and it was hard to work with. And yeah. Once that's there, you can't. You know, you're fucking done. You can't convince. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't convince them of to anything. Use your ideas. Nope. And then when they didn't use my ideas and they just butchered them left and right, I tried to to gently tell them that this is not going to work. I'm, I'm telling you, man, this ain't going to work. This you know? relationship is reaching an end. No, this 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 way that you've taken my idea and tried to do it your own way after I told you that there's no way this can work. Yeah. The way you you ignored my advice is the way that I'm criticizing your advice on this right and everyone gets their feelings hurt and that's exactly what happened i got accused of well you don't think this billion dollar company knows what it's doing 
And I was mad, and I went, apparently fucking not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's not working. You guys are shutting the whole thing down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it pissed me off. And so a few other things pissed me off. And then at that point, they just stopped listening to my ideas. You need to be the boss. I don't know necessarily if I need to be the boss or if I just need to be listened to. I wish the boss would listen to me. Yeah. If anything, go, dude, that idea ain't going to work. Stop fucking doing that. We're going to move on. Yeah. You know? I get that. At least, At least tell you've me. listened to me. Yeah. And you've given me that, that criticism. Yeah. Not like, uh-huh, yeah, that's a great idea. Anyway, uh, you. Yeah. You know? And, and you're just... just at a point where you're not listening. Yeah. yeah. When I'm talking, you're on your phone or yeah. whatever because that's what was happening. Yeah. And then they promoted a bunch of dumbasses underneath me, so... Fucking dumbasses everywhere. Yeah. Fucking dumbasses yeah. everywhere, man. Scotty, baby. Yeah, baby. Episode 181. 181.2. 181.2. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's 181.2. Yeah. Uh, we had JT again on. We talked about a bunch of stuff. I'm telling you. Thank I, you, guys. I'm glad we finally got to have that, that dude back on the show. Next time that happens, I will be here as well, yes. obviously. We're going to try and keep the party going uh, next, uh, so check us out, patreon.com right. slash the old 77 podcast. There for just a uh, a few you know loose coins, you can throw some beggar change our way. That's you can right. get uh, a ton of content over there. A uh, lot of stuff, Patreon only. Help us out if you like help us. Help us out. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to use that money, I think, coming up here and uh, hopefully rebuild our studio uh, the pandemic losing a job and a few other things kind of yeah it put happens. A on it us, happens so. man but we're trying bro we're trying it's what we do it's what we do we, we, we make we make do with what we can not how many times you fall down is how many times you get up well we're getting up a lot so thanks for hanging with us thanks for supporting the old 77 this is uh going into our fourth year we're almost at 200 episodes dear god can you believe that i know Woo. insane See you guys next week. See you, bitches. Peace out, homies.